Welcome once again to the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast, the only place where we decipher and dictate the Ruthless Aggression Era of the WWE. And today it's time to take a look at the return of Austin, the return of Hogan, the return of The Rock and the rematch that nobody wanted. It is No Way Out 2003. As always, I'm your host Dave and I am joined on this epic journey through the Ruthless Aggression with always Christian and the King of Dry Style, self-proclaimed be that. Well Michael, how are we doing gentlemen? All hail. All fucking hail. Yeah, that's bad, mate. Really, really good. Looking forward to No Way Out, especially with uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, Hogan. Should be a good one. And the rematch that nobody wanted. Ah. <laughs> that. You get to see Austin open a can of whoop ass. Yeah, I, 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 I just. Uh, Steiner and Triple H, no, sorry. That's something I'm not looking forward to, but everything else on the card. Surely it's, it can't be as bad as Rumble. Surely it's got to improve. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> now, since we last recorded, uh, one of us has been to see some indie wrestling. Haven't we, Michael? Yeah. yeah it was uh, EBW Elite British Wrestling. They were on Facebook and uh, I think they're on Twitter, probably. They are, indie wrestling, as much as we all take the piss out of it, it they're not that bad. They get the crowd going. They know what they're doing. We, you don't, you can't wrestle. I can't wrestle. You can't wrestle. Mm. 
got given props for it all. Nah. Was there anybody that's like well known on the UK scene that was there? Yes, uh, Joseph Connors, who was in the UK Championship tournament. All right, okay. Any good? He was in the main event along with uh, Bubblegum. I've heard of Bubblegum, yeah. He, he wrestles for Preston City Wrestling all the time, yeah. Bubblegum. And uh, El Guerra as well. Oh, yes, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. They were the three well known guys. So, worth it then? Paid five to get in, not bad. Happy days, happy days. I saw a couple of pictures you put on. Uh, I don't know, it wasn't you. I saw a couple of pictures from the BBW event and I saw the merch stand and that looked, that looked depressing, that merch stand. How Ten pounds for an autograph picture with referee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they've got, they have to make the money there, don't yeah, they? Yeah, but a tenner for the referee's autograph. <laughs> Not exactly Earl Hebner, is he? <laughs> He looked like a regular from the Weatherspoons. <laughs> he probably worked behind the bar at the working men's club. <laughs> he was like, God, could you mind refereeing these couple of matches? And Christian, how's your married life treating? Same old, mate. Same old, same old. Looking forward to going on holiday. Going to the Algarve in Portugal, uh, which is next month for Star, for later, the honeymoon. Very nice. Um, apart from that, everything is really good. I'm really enjoying the podcasting. Um, and we're moving house next year as well. We're off to Cambridge. Which is uh, it's your accent, that, won't it? Um, uh, yeah, so we're off to Cambridge, where they all speak like me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, so we have to go live in Cambridge for a bit. He's, be- he's going to become a posh boy, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, uh, Silver spoon and all that. Yeah. Posh. He won't. He won't want to knock about and riffraff like us anymore. No, yeah, like, I do my own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ruthless aggression. Business. The game. The rage of a contender. You don't know me, and you don't know what I'm capable of. Triple H, Scott Steiner, the World Heavyweight Championship. Raw and SmackDown present WWE No Way Out live this Sunday on Pay Per View. So it is No Way Out 2003. We are well on the road to WrestleMania. So as always, uh, we always go through the buy rates, Raw Rumble. 585,000 people purchase Royal Rumble. How many people purchase No Way Out? Lower. And it's the return. Remember, it's the return of Austin, Hogan, The Rock. I'm going to say higher, just because... I, I, lower, because Rumble's Rumble. There we are, it's No Way Out. Yeah. It was very lower. 135,000 less people bought No Way Out. Well. But, on the flip, though, obviously next month is WrestleMania. That's going to skyrocket again. So, I don't know whether... Did we look at it where that's not an issue? Well, I know it's 135,000 people that have that bought Raw Rumble that have not bought No Way Out, but 300 extra thousand people may buy WrestleMania. So you kind of, and obviously the, pri- the prices, I don't know how it worked in 2003 with the pay per view prices, but I'm sure WrestleMania is always the most expensive. Yeah, especially the production of mm. it and the promoting of it. And the... It was presented by Starburst. <laughs> now, obviously, I've been doing reviews of something like Heat and Velocity. And I am sick to the back teeth of the coach and Josh Matthews trying to sell me fucking opal fruits. Uh, I don't care about Starburst. I don't care about PlayStation 2. I don't care about Snickers. And I'm sick of you fucking shilling your products. Right? So we're presented by Starburst. Um, it is February the 23rd, 2003. We are at the Bell Centre in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. 15,100 people in attendance. Now before the event, Rey Mysterio on Sunday Night Heat went up against J- Jamie Noble which really depressed me, 
Because obviously, as, as everyone's aware, I'm a big noble mark, and I'd, I'd love it should everyone. should be on the main card. Yeah, it should be on the main card. Yeah, I don't understand. Because it's like, they didn't use heat like they used the pre-shows today. Where the pre-shows today is 50 solid minutes of network, network, buy it, buy it, free trial, free trial, you'll get this pay-per-view, this pay-per-view, this pay-per-view, and here's a 10-minute match. Right? Back in the day on Sunday Night Heat, um, like this, this episode of Sunday Night Heat, there was only this one match. Um, so they did do a bit of shilling for um, to buy the pay-per-view, but it, it was more, here's the vignettes, here's the promo videos, here's the, the background, the storylines. So you could, if you did, if you'd not watched WWE for last month, uh, but you get to Sunday Night Heat, you, you could get everything. You'd be completely, fully knowledgeable of what's going to go off and what the storylines are. But they don't, for me, they don't do that on modern day pre-shows. They just have Booker T, Renee Young, and whichever knobhead they can find that does a podcast. Um, is it, it was the Rosen, is it Pete Rosenberg, or you have that Sam Roberts guy? Whichever yeah, any knobhead who could do a podcast, if, if you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening, I'll have a go. We'll, I don't mind. We will be that knobhead. Yeah, I can be, I'll happily be that knobhead. No danger. <laughs> no danger. Um, but obviously now, it's just they talk about it. And you may get a little interview with somebody like the last pre-show. I think they have an interview with Naomi, Naomi, uh, and then you may get thirty seconds of a little video clip to give you an idea of what's going on. Like back in in two thousand and three, it was he- promo heavy. Of this is what's going on. I think they spent like a good fifteen minutes of this on Night Heat, just talking about well, showing you videos and promos of the Austin and Bischoff um, kerfuffle, of Bischoff's fucking pub crawl trying to. Jamie, so Jamie Noble and Rey Mysterio. Um, for me. One of the most, it should have been an anticipated match, um, especially when Noble was Cruiserweight champion. Because you know I mean? Noble's Cruiserweight title run wasn't bad, but if you look at the guys he was defending the belt against, the, the, the Cruiserweight roster wasn't packed. But then when Rey Mysterio comes over, for me, a, 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 it's a bit of a dream match of Jamie Noble against Rey Mysterio because I don't believe we ever saw them compete one on one in WCW. No. No, because of it, Rey Mysterio at the time in WCW. Filthy animals. Was, he was higher on the card yeah. than Jamie Noble. Yeah. Well, I when Jamie Noble came here, he was Young Dragon, wasn't he? Um, well, I had no idea who Jamie Noble was mm. in WCW. I didn't yeah. know. He was the Young Dragons. Until yep. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that until I asked you mm. about three or four podcasts ago. But yeah, Rey Mysterio and Jamie Noble, they've both got very good coinciding... Um, chemistry. Yeah. Chemistry and styles as well. The well this, clash. this match was used as an afterthought. It really was. You know I mean, there, there was no promotion. There was no. Do you know I mean, at least I know obviously we've just shit on modern day product for five minutes, but to give them a little bit of positive, um, at least their pre-show matches have got a little bit of build. Granted, it may only be a week, right? And it, it may just be uh, I'm not doing anything else. And yeah, you know, shall we have a match? Yeah, sound, right? And that's your build. But this was it. It wasn't. But, but the the Rey Mysterio versus Jamie Noble. On the flip side of things, especially back in 2003, when my family couldn't afford Sky, or your family probably couldn't afford Sky. You got a free match you get, on yeah. Channel Four. You got to see Rey Mysterio versus Jamie Noble. I was gone now. It's not on Channel Four anymore. No it's 2003. So the only way you would have been able to watch Sky. Was in Sky. Yeah, yeah. It would have been in Sky One though, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He was on Sky One. Sky One, yeah. one yeah. is free if you got um, Sky. Channel Four uh, pulled out of the deal after the Armageddon. I want to say when Miss Kitty went, look at my boobs, uh, because they'd signed up for a certain pay per view agreement. I think. Invasion in 2001 was maybe the last one they showed on Channel 4. Yeah. What a time to pull the plug. What a time to pull the plug. But Channel 4, they, they, were, they were up for it. Channel 4 was going to go for the whole package of the Raws and everything and the Sunday Night Eats and the whole lot and give it away for fuck all. Uh, until Miss Kitty went, I told you I was going to be naked and then got her boobs out. 
You remember? Is that what pulled out? Yeah, yeah, Channel 4, because they'd only signed up for like six months, and then they were going to go for it after the six months finished, they were going to go in hardcore. Mate, right, right, modern time, right, Channel 4, there's a fucking dating show on there where you get two people balls naked. <laughs> no, 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 embarrassing bodies is on Channel 4. Embarrassing right? bodies. I'm too, scared to, I'm too scared to go to the doctor. Now, Mr. TV presenter, look at this wart on my bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> look at this blue waffle between my legs. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just, what the fuck? I mean, that's just crazy. And... Oh my god! That you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Channel Four, that you see naked people all the time on Channel Four. So why? I mean, yeah, I it's, it's offended them back in Yeah, but it's it's controlled, isn't it? When when you when it's your own program, like embarrassing bodies. Um, it's it's not seen yeah, from. Five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but it's not seen from an erotic point of view, is it? Embarrassing bodies. You don't you don't sit there with a box of Kleenex watching embarrassing bodies. Um. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But you don't know, do you? Do you know what I mean? When Miss Kitty was, was putting her boobs on show, but did you know that that wasn't supposed to happen? It was Sergeant Slaughter's fault. So you can blame Sergeant Slaughter for WWE not being on English TV. He's because Sergeant Slaughter had the towel, and it was supposed to be the minute that she took her bra off, like when her bra was there, it was supposed to be with a towel. But it was two seconds too late, so you got to see little Miss Kitty's boobies for about all of three seconds. Anyway, back onto Sunday Night Heat. Like I said, there's been no real feud brewing between the two. Um, when Ray joined WWE, uh, everyone believed that he would be the one to unseat Jamie Noble from his reign as a champion. Ray's former WCW tag partner, Billy Kidman, was the one to take the belt away from Noble, uh, which for me, um, which was sad because I love Jamie Noble. And what have they actually done with Jamie Noble ever since he lost the Cruiser title? Yeah. They put him with Nunzio for a week. And then Nunzio's gone away and now he's got the FBI. So what what is actually going on with Jamie Noble at the minute? I don't know what you can do with him. You can. He's brilliant. No, with his gimmick. Oh, what? He's brilliant. His gimmick. You shag my missus and I'll sit and watch. No danger. That's a Ray gimmick. How far does that take you though? Is it like uh, business rape standpoint? charges probably? Yeah. <laughs> from a business standpoint, how far does that take you? Well, look what happened to Jamie Noble. But to be fair, Jamie Noble's still employed by WWE. But anyway, he's got a job out of it. He must yeah. have had a, a mind for the business. Or Vince McMahon must have liked him when he went, Come on, boy! Vince McMahon just must have been a fan of it or something. So the match itself, um, the first thing shown is a recap from SmackDown where Noble almost killed Tory with a botched power slam. Uh, remember that when you were doing the SmackDowns? Yes. Yes. Um, obviously allowing Nidia to win in the paddle on the pole match. Russell. Uh Start the match, they lock up with Noble and Ray exchanging quick pinfall attempts and arm ringers before Ray is able to come off the top with a head scissors takedown. Uh, Michael Cole mentions that uh, Jamie Noble was the longest running WWE Cruiserweight Champion in WWE history. Come on, boy! But I had a bit of problem with this because when they brought the Cruiserweight title in, obviously we had the light heavyweight title, but the Cruiserweight title has come from the WCW side. Yeah. So does, surely does that not carry the WCW lineage? Yeah, it's still... It should do, yeah. That's, that's, that's what, it's a good point you just put across that, because if you look at the, modern-day WWE With now, the US title, they do. Yeah, but, but like, is Michael Cole getting away with that by saying um, WWE history? It's not, it's not WWE. No, no, but he's saying he's the longest-reigning WWE Cruiserweight Champion in WWE history. Yeah, he's getting away so with it. So he's getting it, away yeah. with it saying that, because obviously WWE history only starts... Uh, Cruiserweight title on WWE TV only starts at Invasion, which was like two years ago. Yeah. So it's like, I know with the modern day Cruiserweight title, that's got no linear, has it? Uh, the first champion is fucking Dad Boy. Dad Boy, and then uh, it was Kendrick. Spanky. And then, <laughs> Spanky, yeah. Spanky. And then um, 
King of the Cruiserweights. Yeah. Oh, I'm sick of Neville. Oh, Rich Swan, he had it, yeah, that dancing black lad. <laughs> he had it. What's your gimmick? I dance. Oh, <laughs> what's, what's your gimmick? I'm a Jody. <laughs> what's your gimmick? I ain't got one. What's your gimmick? I play ah, video ah, games. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> what's, your, what's your gimmick? I fucking play SNES. <laughs> and I can do a dab. <laughs> oh, WWE's cruiserweight division. Cruiser. Yeah, but it is the way. Look at the state of the modern day cruiserweight division. It's See, terrible. She just that David Julius. I don't get me wrong. I ain't ever saying that the cruiserweight division of 2003 was anything fucking outstanding. Right? But if you look at just the simple, just two, three that we're speaking about here: Noble, Mysterio, Kidman. For me, compare them to Dab Boy, Spanky, and fucking Dancing Black Lad. <laughs> <laughs> don't come close does it no, 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 don't come really. close does it Rey Mysterio he takes Jamie Noble over the top rope with a Rana uh, followed up with a Rana on the floor uh, Ray comes off the top and Noble hits him right in the midsection with a drop kick for the first one of the evening now Montreal we saw this a few months ago on Raw um, Montreal it must be where modern wrestling fans have got it from one two uh, two all night I got bored of it about half an hour in just as much as I get bored of this modern day this match is scheduled for one fall one fall it was funny the first time they said it right? or oh, when the referees doing the count out one ten two that ten died though hasn't three, it what, ten. what's happened to Dillinger that's died fucking it's not even jobbing it's not even Kurt Hawkins level do you know what I mean I think there's something big planned for him Ah, a demotion back to development and an NXT title. Jamie Noel hits a gut buster for another two count, put him, and then puts Ray in a surfboard stretch. Uh, Ray's able to power out of it and drop kicks Noble onto the second rope, setting up for the 619. He runs towards the ropes to get some momentum, but Noble had the move scouted, gets up and clotheslines Ray on his way back. Noble misses a top rope leg drop, allowing Ray to come back and hit a springboard crossbody for another two. Uh, Ray goes uh, for another cover after bridging a pin, but only gets a two. Uh, power slam by Noble gets a quick two, two count and he follows it up with electric chair drop for another two, two. count. Uh, th this is it's, it's gonna be a long night. Uh, Noble he goes for the tiger driver, but Ray maneuvers out of it and hits a, a very loud Insiguri. Tiger driver right here coming blocked. Blocked by Mysterio. Mysterio Insiguri to the back of the head. Jamie. Uh, Noble catches Ray from behind, tries to hit a back suplex, but Ray flips over and drop kicks Noble into the ropes. And into Nidia, who was knocked to the ground to settle the 619. He finally hits the move and goes for the West Coast pop, but Noble moves out of the way. Doesn't matter though, as Ray hits a standing West Coast pop. <laughs> it was basically a hurricanrana, just where he caught the legs. Uh, for the 1 2 3, uh, to quite the large pop. Looking for perhaps the West Coast pop. Here it comes. And Noble had it scouted. Look at this. Torito. West Coast pop. He's got it. prove that a this match needed to be on the main card and b Rey Mysterio is far too popular to be on the pre-show yeah far definitely. too popular yeah I mean it says something when Shannon Moore's on the main main card and Rey Mysterio isn't like Shannon Moore WWE fucking logic for you innit so we get to the actual pay-per-view of the live show from Montreal Quebec Canada as I've said and um, the pay-per-view starts off with the usual video packages uh, but the coach's voice greets us to the show instead of Jim Ross or Michael Cole. Uh, it then tells us that Jim Ross suffered a concussion at the hands of Eric Bischoff, uh, so he won't be broadcasting tonight. 
Right, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in, right? You're a fan of Jonathan Coachman? I don't mind him. I actually don't mind him, uh, strangely enough. Um, but with Jim Ross, with the match he had with Bischoff, the previous Raw, he had a cinder block smashed against his head. He didn't know, did he? He didn't know, did he? he sm- did you see that crumble? Have you ever punched concrete? No. Have you ever punched concrete oh, yeah. and watch it crumble like sand? No, listen, man. It's, all right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm talking <laughs> kayfabe. It's meant to be a cinder block, yeah? And JR gets back up. <laughs> yeah, but now he's poorly. Yeah. So, so that happened on Monday. <laughs> it's now following Sunday. So he's had a week to recover, and then he's like, nah, I can't do it. No, that's Can't do it. That's in the block. But Coachman, now, I think they're just testing the waters with him. See how well, he's obviously doing something like heat with Lita. Mm. Um, and it's palatable to an extent. Lita's commentary is, is bad. This is what scares me for this May Young tournament coming up. Because Lita's commentary in 2003 was bad. Uh, I don't, unless she's been to like, announcing college uh, I, I'm not looking forward to it at all but JR's calling it so maybe Lita's downfalls can be covered up by JR JR's fucking he's still one of the best he's, he's no gorilla I've always gorilla monsoon always there but JR is he's one of them this made me think though that JR's going to get involved in the main event straight away that's the first thing my brain said to me JR's not there he's been an integral part of this storyline between Bischoff and Austin He's got to appear, and he's got to help Austin get the victory, hasn't he? Yeah. He's got to. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. Maybe a job against the heel for a change. Right. So, the intro to the, the music used for this pay-per-view. I have so many problems about this. Michael. But Michael, being the uh, the musician that you are, um, do you feel about um, a modern-day pop song, because it's in the pop charts, being used as a WWE paper, uh, pay-per-view theme? I've always said it should be hard rock or metal for a pay-per-view theme. Get the crowd pumped up. So you know, like slow jazz, up. the 80s. We slow jazz with Vince McMahon saying, Here tonight! And you got the slow jazz music playing in the background. It's, it's a good sh- song, don't get me wrong. Cracking track. I remember when it came out, it's a cracking track. Yeah. But for a shit film. Yeah, but to be used as a, as a pay-per-view, I, I, no, I don't no. understand the, the logic behind the... Like, for example... There were so many other... Uh, the end is near. When we did that, that was for Armageddon. Armageddon. The end yeah. is near. Right, Armageddon. What does that mean? The word Armageddon, the end of the world. Right, the end of end is near theme tune. That works. Do you know what I mean? Like biscuits and gravy. That works. Shout out to our American listeners. Um, but they could have used so many of something. Yeah. For example, it was the Grammys the same night as this. Yeah, but the the winner of the best metal performance. What does bring me to life mean for no way out? No. <laughs> exactly, John. No, it was in popular culture and Vince thought, aye, aye. I mean, I'd love to know how much he paid. Especially... Yeah, but wasn't it not number one at the time? No. No? It'd been number one, though, hadn't it? I'm sure it had. Yeah, I'm sure it had. I'm sure it had been number one. It'd have been number one, but yeah. there were a little band. At that point in time, it was J.F. Lopez in the US number one charts and Tattoo dominating the UK right, number one right. charts. Victorious theme. Yeah. So, first match of the night. Jeff Hardy versus Chris Jericho. Now, the background into this has not involved Jeff Hardy versus Chris Jericho at all. Um, Michael's Chris Jericho. Yeah, obviously, we, we've seen uh, Jeff Hardy's lame attempts of a heel turn, uh, which really didn't work. And then he tried to take some advice from Michaels, took a super kick for his troubles, and then, all of a sudden, he's taking him under his wing 
and Michaels is now looking after Jeff Hardy. Now I'm sorry, he just booted you in your fucking face last week, and now he's your pal. Now, now you're going into tag team matters with him. Um, and on the Jericho side, uh, obviously you've seen his little um, tete-a-tete with, with Test, um, and striking Stacey Keebler with, Keebler with the chair and stuff. Now, unfortunately, on the last row before No Way Out, Stacey Keebler and Test decided to take a night off. Vince wasn't happy. Vince says, tough shit, you're not booked no more. So they had to quickly put this together, uh, which was obviously the, the, the tag team match of Shawn Michaels and Jeff Hardy against uh, Christian and Jericho. And obviously that set the groundwork for this. But cards on table, what would you prefer to have seen? I know my answer is there's no point me answering. Right? What would you prefer to have seen? Jeff Hardy versus Jericho or the testicles versus Jericho? Jeff Hardy versus Jericho. Testicles. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, see, it's from your shit, yo. Uh, but unfortunately... Mainly for Stacey Keebler. Mainly for Stacey Keebler, yes. Uh, it, it does seem like, though, this is the end, or we, we are getting very near the end uh, of the testicles. And I don't know how many of them T-shirts you sold that you're advertising on Raw. I don't imagine it's many. I don't imagine there's people that are still walking around in 2017 with a T-shirt that just says testicles on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, for one, am absolutely heartbroken heartbroken that test test was going to be the curtain jerker on a pay-per-view in a singles match we've not had test in a singles match for fucking ages no. since SummerSlam. yeah against um taker taker yeah ah, but that was that was test with long hair and black pants this is not the testicles test of look how many steroids i've got in my arms so the match itself um sean michaels is not in the corner of jeff hardy which i thought it may be because obviously they're doing the strong hammer, took him under his wing. But is this Shawn Michaels that's still not really comfortable being in Montreal? Yes. I don't think it's Shawn Michaels. Not it's only six years. I think it's Vince McMahon not comfortable. It is only yeah. It has only been six years since the screw job. Yeah, Canadians never forget that. No. Never. No. So opening <laughs> contest: Jeff Hardy versus Chris Jericho. Who's walking away with a dub? I would say Jericho. Jericho, but. It's um As we've seen though, the last few weeks, Jeff Hardy has been jobbing. Yeah. Jobbing and jobbing and jobbing and jobbing. Unless he's been in like a well, yeah, he, he teamed with Bubbery and that went nowhere else. Obviously Bubbery and Devon got back together. Um it was teaming with Divas in, in mixed tags and stuff like that. It's he's lost at the minute of Jeff Hardy. And and I don't want to speak too soon, I hope it don't happen, but I can see Jeff Hardy getting released soon. I don't I just don't get I don't get what what benefit Jeff Hardy adds to the Raw roster. Do you know what I mean? If you got, especially if you think like we went like we were concerned way way back when we've only got one singles title on Raw, and you've got all these mid carders. You know, and, and Jeff Hardy at the minute, 2003 Jeff Hardy is not main event. You couldn't see Jeff Hardy against Allen for for world title. No, no, it's a good point. That that's a really good point actually. Yeah, Jeff Hardy, where where the hell do you put him? Where who do you who are you feuding with? Because he's 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 a generic babyface. Yeah, there's, that's there's, what he is at the moment. There's, there's no there's no gimmick with Jeff Hardy at the minute. He is just one half of the Hardy Boys. He's bringing his enigma out. That's what he's trying to do. You can yeah. see that when he fucking splashed his face with paint. That looks like he's just literally this man who comes out. It looks like he's literally got his face dipped it in a paint bucket <laughs> and just go <laughs> and just come out. And then when halfway through the match, it just looks like. Cottage cheese peanuts. That's the worst thing. Um, with any wrestler that uses face paint, um, if you get if your match goes on for a certain length of time and you're a sweaty bloke, like 
Um, Sting does Sting, well. no, well, he, d- he did, right? There was the obviously the statue unveiling a few years back on Raw where he'd been under that fucking box for about an hour. All the lights and the heat and they lifted the box and half of his face paint was still there. Hang on. So, start of the match, they lock up. Um, Jeff Hardy and Chris Jericho are trading arm ringers, but um, Y2J then slaps Hardy down. What a slap. Yeah. <laughs> what a slap. Yeah. To the face. How? Yeah. Uh, Jeff pops right back up and gets a flurry of right hands, uh, followed up with a back body drop onto Jericho. Uh, Jeff Hardy, he gets a head scissors onto Y2J, uh, but Jericho comes back with a clothesline. Uh, Jericho plants Hardy down with a back suplex as the crowd chants Y2J for our fellow Canadian wrestler. Y2J is the fan favourite in this match. Of course, we're in Canada. It's bizarro world. The heels are faces and the faces are heels. Yes. Jericho gets some chops in the corner but eats a boot as, uh, as he charges him again. Jericho uh, heads to the outside but Hardy then comes off the second rope with a twisting somersault like so a... whisper in the wind. Yeah, but they didn't call it that though, did they? It didn't have a name. Did they not just say acai moonsault, I think was the, the phrase that they tried it's, to use? That was a whisper in the wind. Yeah. Jeff Hardy, he throws Jericho back and hits an Arabian press for a... Two! Uh, Jericho bails off an Irish, Irish whip but Jeff nails him with a baseball slide. Uh, Jeff tries to run into the safety rail but Jericho ducks and sends him into the steel steps. We get a big let's go Jericho chant as it's a vertical suplex. Uh, uh, the crowd then pops for him as Jericho poses for the crowd, which was brilliant. It was like, he just did his move, stops, and he's like, so smug. It's like, yeah, I'm home, and I'm, I'm a heel in America, but look at me, I'm a face now, so I'm going to be smug about it. Uh, and I think that's one of the kind of advantages of um, a Canadian, wrestling in Canada, a heel Canadian, because you can still be a heel. But you can still in smile man. about it, and yeah. yeah, and it's but you can still do all your heel stuff. But the crowd will pump for it, and they'll pump for it. It's absolutely brilliant. And um, Hardy gets a roll up off a body slam for a two. Uh, more chops in the corner by Jericho, but he misses another charge, diving his sh- driving his shoulder, sorry, right into the ring post. Uh, Jeff comes back with um, right hands, a flying forearm, and an ugly jawbreaker for two. Uh, obviously, that's it's, it's what he's gone to known as is like reverse stunner esque jawbreaker, but. This is early stages of him. Uh, I, I didn't like it. Absolutely sloppy. Uh, a sloppy drop kick by Jericho gets a two. We get a louder "Let's Go Jericho" chant um, as he hits the bulldog and goes to the lion salt. But Jeff Hardy gets the gets the knees up. Uh, DDT by Hardy for a two. Uh, Jeff Hardy goes to the top and hits a whisper in the wind. Uh, they blow an insecurity spot and uh, but cover um, for it nicely as Y2J puts on the walls of Jericho as the crowd cheering on. Um, Hardy makes it to the rope. To the biggest booze ever. <laughs> it's like, God, I'd love to know if these Canadian fans just do it because it's Canada or like Monday Night Raw, they're back to booing Jericho and, and cheering Hardy again. It's just, I, I find it very confusing. Uh, Hardy pops up and climbs up to the top, hip tossing him down. Uh, Jeff Hardy hits a swanton bomb and goes to the cover, but Jericho puts his foot on the rope. Also, as a move that I know, noticed Jeff Hardy used in this match, and that was. The code breaker. Yeah. He used the code breaker. Yeah. And what annoys me, and that's, it's quite a, a pattern I've seen quite um, when you go back, a lot of these big moves, such as like the Kahida clutch that, um, that Samoa Joe uses as his finisher, shit, loads of wrestlers use that as a normal. It's just a sleeper, sleeper hold. hold. It's a sleeper hold, yeah. Um, it's a Taz mission without taking the arm. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the code breaker used on Jericho, Jericho, like, it, it only lasts for about two seconds and Jericho well, look back at up the, again. Look at the backstabber. Uh, Carly, oh, if I remember, was the first one that I ever saw do the backstabber. Yeah. Everybody uses that as a transitional move now. Everybody. The backstabber was awesome. Uh-huh. When well, look at Sasha Banks. She uses it as part of the finisher. And then she goes into a cripple yeah. face. 
Without the arm. Without the arm. Yeah, it's all fucking backwards. Modern wrestlers it? don't like using the arm. No. It's, modern wrestlers don't like. But I was thinking this though. Um, are we like? Have we come to that point now where every move that can be possibly done has been invented by somebody? Yeah. There's not. Do you know? I mean? you, like you watch all your indie guys where giant all your your hashtag dives. Right. You watch all these guys and they are just doing WB moves and WB spot. Well, WB moves. Um, wrestlers that have already created this move or originated this move. Um, I know there was months ago, I think it was before WrestleMania, uh, where The Miz was on the Talking Smack and he was going off on a run about how like John Cena's nicked the Death Valley Drive from Tommy Dreamer. So and so's nicked this from so and so. And I do think we live in that era now where there's not much more creativity can be put into moves because what what's to be done that hasn't already been done by somebody and it's all about you putting your spin on it it's it's mental to think that actually it's quite crazy how it's it's evolved over the past 30 40 years mm. how's the moves that we see now compared to what you'd see in the early 80s mm. well could i think it, i think the crowds wouldn't react to it correctly either. like if you see the um what's them two bellends that do the backflips and the little fucking somersaults and that young bucks no the indie fucking dudes um Ah, we lost spraying that other guy, Ricochet, and do little back trips and that. I think that would have gone down like a lead balloon back in the 80s. Like, because back in the 80s, they wanted to boo the, the bad guy and cheer the good guy and stuff like that. I'm just watching two guys do synchronisation of backflips and... That's not fucking wrestling. I'm firmly with corner at Randy Orton. Not fucking wrestling. Um, Jericho, uh, he pulls the referee in Hardy's way, allowing him to go for the walls of Jericho for a second time, but gets rolled up for a... Two. Uh, Jericho gets Irish whipped into the corner, but comes back with a crossbody. But he's nailed in midair by Jeff Hardy's front drop kick. What? That drop I've kick. always loved Jeff Hardy's front drop kick. It was like a shotgun. Yeah. Crazy. On, on uh, the old SmackDown games, if I created a wrestler, it was made sure front drop kick was his drop kick. Yeah, not the normal drop. It took him far too long to get back up to his feet. That front drop kick's brilliant. Jeff Hardy hits his reverse twist of fate. Um, a neck It's a neck breaker, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But like, if you're watching now on modern day, Jeff Hardy does that. Uh, and they call it the twist of fate. Like, no, it's not. It's a net breaker. A twist of fate is a is a diamond cutter. Is a is a RKO. That's what the twist of fate is. It's ace just crusher. it's just not as smooth. Yeah, it's ace crusher. Uh, Jeff, it's a net breaker. It's it's honky tonk man swinging net breaker. That's all it is. That's all, all it. Steve Carinas. All, all Steve Carinas. That's all it is. Jeff Hardy goes at the top, but misses the swanton bomb. Uh, Jericho sees his opportunity and hits the lion salt for a two. two. Uh, Jericho, he goes for a back suplex, but Jeff Hardy wriggles out of it and gets a sleeper. Uh, Jericho comes back with his uh, a sleeper drop neck breaker, puts his feet on the ropes, but only gets a... Two. Jericho gets more frustrated. This is not going to bore you, has it? <laughs> I'm getting bored. <laughs> Mike's loving it. It's like, it's like he's had a fucking sack of speed or something. He's loving it. Two. Two. I can't wait for the two counts. <laughs> Yeah, so Jericho, like I said, he comes back for the sleeper drop neck breaker, puts his feet on the ropes for the two count. Uh, Y2J, he then gets more frustrated and he heads back up to the top, mocking Jeff Hardy, but ends up getting crotched. Uh, Jeff goes for a top rope runner, but Jericho leaps off and hits him with a powerbomb. That powerbomb. Beautiful. It was, it was, a, it was a painful. Oh, yeah. It looked like that really hurt. I wouldn't like to take a powerbomb off the top rope. I'm sorry. I, no. like to, I wouldn't like to take a powerbomb into the barricade or into the turnbuckle. Right. Oh. Do you know what I mean? I don't think anybody, no matter how trained you are, your back is not designed to take that sort of impact. Do you know what I mean? You can you can get away with power bombs and that sort of style move because wrestlers are trained to land on their back to, when they're taking a back bump. But them sort of mid-air power bombs and that, you can't guarantee that you're going to land flat on the canvas, can you? Great example. Um, Batista, John Cena. 
John Cena went to go to a powerbomb on Batista and he landed him incorrectly. Or was it the way around? Do you remember? It was one of them got injured really badly on it. I'm pretty sure it was Batista. Mm. He got powerbombed and he landed. No, Batista powerbombed John Cena. John Cena landed really like he got folded up mm. as he went to go for a Batista bomb and it was like from the middle row. That's it. You, there's, there's like a that an inch or two was worth a give though, isn't it? Really like look at the um, Bob Holly when he got uh, when he gets his neck broke by Brock Lesnar. Yeah. yeah. Do you know I mean if he would have not and obviously that's more Bob Holly being Bob Holly. Uh, and just Bob Ollie being a sack of potatoes. Um, but if he would have landed like an inch more, it would have been fine. But because he's, he's, he's landed like there on his neck and not on his back, it's just it's, it's a dangerous game. But anyway, he puts Jeff Hardy into the walls of Jericho, pulling him into the middle of the ring until Jeff Hardy taps, and your winner, Y2J, Chris Jericho. Yes. He has been talking about a refocus, giving all the heart and soul that we used to see in the old Jeff Hardy and a powerbomb from the top rope by Chris Jericho. And now Jericho, right smack dab in the middle it. of the ring. That should do it. King, you might be right. Oh, he's got it since then. No way to reach the ropes. Jeff Hardy, it's just a matter of time. He's getting that tapping hand ready. Excruciating pain on the back of Jeff Hardy. As Chris Jericho. Jericho. In this That's it. That's it, King. Apart from the bit where we get a certain somebody coming down. Well, he refuses to get let go of the hold until Shawn Michaels comes down to the ring to a chorus. A an absolute chorus of booze. I'd like to call this Canadian Heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> X-Pac's not got nothing on this. Canadian Heat's worse than X-Pac, hey guys. Let go of that, Chris Jericho. He's trying to bring us back. I think he's lost control. I think he's flat out lost control. So obviously he attacks Chris Jericho and then Christian, uh, Jericho's tag team partner and obviously native Canadian as well, Gets uh, absolutely yeah. uh, comes down to help Y2J to a big pop. Uh, Shawn Michaels ends up hitting a double DDT on them, clotheslining Jericho out the ring and nailing switching music on Christian as the booze turn into cheers for some of the crowd as Sexy Boy begins to play as Montreal give him quite the mixed reaction. Uh, a lot of you screwed Brett chants. Yeah. yeah, but there was a lot of positive, there was a lot of cheering as well. Maybe that's the women. Or... Because he's a sexy is boy. It, is, it, is it people that have forgived and forget? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Going by what we said earlier, like, is there still diehard Canadian fans that still want to like murder Shawn Michaels? Um, but are we just... Is it people as well? It's been fucking six years, man. It's wrestling. It's not real. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he, he really got this... He got his house took off him and that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a little belt. Do you know what I mean? Like... I still sit on the fence with this school job. I think Brett should have just done what he's asked of him. You're an employee of the company. Do your fucking job. Um, yeah. But on Brett's side, because Brett saw Team Canada, look at me, I'm Canadian's favourite son. Uh, Canada's favourite son. You can kind of understand Brett's side as well. It's just, but, yeah, it seemed like some of the fans, they were like, yeah, Shawn Michaels is. So maybe they are WWE fans and not specifically Brett Hart fans and they wanted to see Shawn Michaels. Correct. Because, Correct. again... I don't, th I don't believe that we've been in Montreal for a pay-per-view since we started doing this. Since Michael's made his return. No, we haven't. I know we've had a Raw. We've had one Raw in Montreal. Um, but Shawn Michaels is one of the superstars of the, the new generation era and the early stages of the Attitude Era. Um, so it'd just be like, 
any crowd that goes wild for Goldberg when he returned. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or Hogan. Or Hogan. Nobody, like, nobody wants to see Goldberg wrestle. Right? But when Goldberg's music hit, the whole fucking arena shook. Because it's Goldberg. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, when Hogan comes, come, made his return, the crowd went fucking mental. Because it's Hulk Hogan, it's a star that you remember watching or when you were younger. Fast forward to 2012 when Lesnar returns. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a massive pop. Or when The Rock returns as a special host of WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I had a little bit of poo that came out of pants in that game. Oh my God. I stayed up late all night for that and I marked out like a little bitch. <laughs> yeah. I got. I didn't know. Because the thing is, I didn't expect it. I did yeah. not expect The Rock. I had no idea who it was. And that's what's so good about not looking at the internet for fucking dirt sheets. Yes. If you don't look at dirt sheets, it's not. You get surprised. surprised. Yeah, you get surprised. Um, so, oh. for me, this was probably one of Jeff Hardy's best singles matches that we've seen him in. Oh, hell yeah. It was a very close call match. It was like, oh, he could win. He wasn't win. as sloppy as he usually was. Because Jeff Hardy still... It, it's, it's weird where you watch Jeff Hardy with Matt Hardy and it, I don't know if he's just... The pressure seems to be off him a little bit. He's not as sloppy. When you watch singles action, it's like he's rushing everything. Everything's a rush to get to the next spot, next spot, next spot. And yeah, this wasn't wasn't a sloppy. Um, there was a, a couple of gems. Do you know what I mean? There were a couple of botches. Um, but for the most part, Jericho he carried in, uh, carried into a decent match. Uh, carried who? Uh, Jericho carried Hardy, I think, to a, to a decent match. Yeah. Um, he didn't need to do the job, obviously, going into WrestleMania. There was only one one person needed to walk away with the victory here. Um, because if you look on the... Um, the level of importance within the roster, Jericho's a lot higher than Jeff Hardy's at the minute. And the crowd, like we've said, they're very vocal, um, cheering the Canadian Hills, booing Michaels because of obviously uh, 97, but seemed to come around once he came out. And um, once he disposed of Vitamin C, which I still think is a fucking brilliant tag team name, by the way. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so I'm getting the gist, I don't know about ya, that Jericho, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania maybe? Yes. That could steal it. You think so? <laughs> that could steal the show. I've got a feeling. Uh, we go to the back where Kurt Angle is trying to prep Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas for the match tonight. When Kurt Angle was saying his his, his like heel tendency things, I don't think the crowd could hear him saying it. Do you not? No, because I couldn't hear booze. I, when he was saying Canucks, or he said like a uh, what's he called, mm. big beast or whatever. Do you know? You're right there, John, because at the start. They were, they were booing him when he said, we're not in, um, what the line was, we're not in America, we're in Canada, and this country is full of bitter, jealous people who have non-Olympic heroes of their own. It's either the mic They booed there, yeah. but yeah, then further on. I couldn't hear booze. I couldn't, I, I could not hear booze for things that you'd expect to hear booze from. Mm. Watch that back. And then we cut to a limo. It arrives in the back with Triple H and the rest of Evolution getting out of it. Uh, the camera pans out to see Austin's pickup truck in the parking lot as well. Bit of pop. So the rattlesnake is here. Yeah, that was a pop. The rattlesnake yeah. is here. No major news other than it was the 45th annual Grammy Awards ceremony held at Madison Square Garden oh, in New York City. The arena of arenas. Album of the year, record of the year, song of the year, a new artist of the year, all won by Noah Jones. <laughs> Who remembers that? Kind of. I remember the name rings a bell. I couldn't tell you a song. Well, the album was Come Away With Me, and no. the record and the song was Don't Know Why. You know what? I have no idea. That was no idea. And she won what? Album, song, 
record and new artists. Fucking hell. Is that the US or UK as well? It's US. It's Grammy. It's Grammy, isn't it? It's but worldwide. It is worldwide, but it's the emphasis is in America. Yeah. Would you assume that best rock performers and best rock album would be the same artist? No. Correct. Rock album was run by Bruce Springsteen. Fuck album yeah. The Rising. Like you're having a laugh. Rock performance was Foo Fighters with All My Life. Ah, oh, cracking film. Cracking. Did you, did you watch McGlastonbury? Yes. Ah, oh, cracking set. Is that the one where they're on the plane? No, that's the one where they're in the empty arena. Suck about eating pussy. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. The winner of Best Rap Album, you could probably guess. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Eminem Show. 1.1. He also won Best Music Video for Without oh, Me. Without Me. Ah, oh, Without Me was awesome. The, there was six Lifetime Achievement Awards. Michael Jackson? No. The, uh, the Osmonds? No. <laughs> six had every Hanson. Hanson. <laughs> no, right, okay. Just, 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 I'll let you continue your news, but I just want you to know, off the record, Hanson, Hanson had a number one hit uh, in, I think it was something like, 50, 60 different countries with Umbop. I know it was mega. Umbop was awesome. Just saying, they deserve... deserve 2003's Lifetime Achievement Award winners were Johnny Mathis, Eta James... Eta James. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) She's dead, she's not going to quit. She's the only one I know so far, I think. Glenn Miller, Tino Parente, and Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah! (laughs) Lifetime achievement for what? For being shy? <laughs> Must be. Well, alternative album of the year was run by Coldplay with Russian Blood to the Head. Best metal performance? Iron Maiden. Metallica. No. Corn. <laughs> with the song Here to Stay. Oh, Corn, that's them that go. <laughs> Have they not had any contract whatsoever at any point in their entire life with the WB? Surely they have. They must yeah. have. Well, on a track. They yeah. used to, they gave a instrumental version of Twisted Transistor for Sam Steve. I wonder why they were never used as um, a market employee to sell sweet corn. <laughs> Corn's corn's corn. Or make sure and you don't eat too much. Who do you think corn. would Legend award that year? Legend. Nope. Tom Jones. Nope. Uh, is he still alive? Or was it posthumous? Or is it a call? girl or a boy? It's a group. Jackson 5. Bee Gees. Yes. Oh, yes, nice. Bee Gees, Legend Award. That's, that was the uh, 45th annual Grammy Awards. I enjoyed Sounds that. Sounds fucking music. amazing. <laughs> so, up next, it is for your World Tag Team Championships. It is William Regal and Lance Storm still carrying still burning the un-American flag against RVD and Kane. Um, now, this match was announced on Raw, um, probably because RVD and Kane are the only babyface team left on Raw. I would agree with that. <laughs> Name me another one. Dudleys, maybe. The Dudleys, but they have got their issues with Morley at the moment. Yeah. So they can't, they're not, storyline-wise, it wouldn't yeah. make sense. There's no more team, no more tag team. Like, Raw's so depleted, their tag team roster. Well, we've said this before, the tag team roster on both brands, um, combined, it's it's not great. If you think of how many, it's, like, you've got, especially with Raw, you've got all these mid-carders fa- fighting over nothing because there's no titles available. Um, 
But on the flip side, you don't want to just see them push people together like the Bubba, Bubba Dudley and Jeff Hardy, where they just got pushed together as a tag, tag team because they had nothing else to do with them. Um, at least if they're going to do that, build a little bit more and you know, I mean, give them a little bit of a reason as to why they're tagging together and stuff where, I don't know. But yeah, for me, this match was purely because RVD and Kane are like the only face tag team, obviously apart from the Dudleys, but they've got their issue with V. This past Monday, RVD faced Lance Storm in a one-on-one -on -one match which saw RVD hit the five-star frog splash for the pin. Um, that's kind of pretty much all that's gone into the build-up. Uh, there's really been yeah. nothing else. Well, it's, it's just because it's the tag team titles and they need to put them on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Whereas today and now, they don't have to put titles on the line. So well, obviously, Rob Van Damme, he does have history with Regal and Storm. Obviously, yeah. WrestleMania last year, RVD defeated Regal to win his first um, Intercontinental title. RIP. Um, RVD and Regal um, have hooked up a few times since uh, with nothing noteworthy taking place. However, RVD and Storm have also faced each other a few times in the past year or so, but their most memorable match took place at ECW's Barely Legal in 1997. Uh, the match is memorable mostly for Lance Storm, delivering one of the worst chair shots of all time to RVD, getting booed by the crowd mercilessly in the process. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. Oh, it's it's stiff and it's... it's it, yeah, it, I believe that there's a way of hitting somebody with a chair. This wasn't the way. This was like if me and you were trying to hit each other with chairs, we won't have a fucking clue what we're doing. And the crowd, obviously this is ECW, who bay for blood. Yeah, Even the fans weren't impressed with how horrible this chair shot was. Well, it wasn't he like a blue chipper when he went down to ECW? Was he a bit of a blue chipper? Because he, yeah. Lance Storm, wasn't he? I don't know, am I thinking of the right people? He was raised with Jericho, wasn't he? So he brought yeah. up Jericho. Yeah, uh, Lance Storm was um, in... Um, Calgary Stampede with Jericho. Then he went to ECW. Yeah, uh, as the Impact players. With just incredible. WCW. They just when he was team kind of and holding all the titles and renamed them all Canadian belts. On a side note, I did put a post about it last night, but I think it is worth saying. What the hell did they do with Lance Storm? Like, so unfortunately though, and this is, I always blame Vince. Unfortunately. So you're the person I want to talk to about this. Vince doesn't care that he's a wrestler. I don't blame Vince. Vince doesn't care that he's a wrestler. Right. Vince cares that he can't sell himself, and he can't. Lance Storm on a mic is abysmal. Right? He's, he's got but, the charisma of a rock. Oh, very much so, like, and not not the not rock. rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a, rock. an actual rock. Um, but that's that's what makes like, especially Vince. We're, we're, Vince has always been characters. It's all about characters and telling stories. Vince wants superstars, not yeah. wrestlers. Oh, exactly. Vince. Yeah, but no, listen. If WWE was made of wrestlers. Dean Malenko would be world champion. No, listen. In WCW, when Lance Storm was in WCW, when he carried like three different titles. It was Team it? Canada. It, he carried the hardcore title, the uh, US title, and the TV title. Right, yeah. okay. So he had all three of those titles. He was on the mic. Uh, well, I watched uh, an episode last last night of Thunder, and I uh, watched him for a good five, six, seven minutes. He was on the microphone talking. Lance Storm can talk. Mm. And he was over big time in WCW. And then when he came through th with the Alliance, that's when it all went downhill for him. Like, fair enough, in WWE, he got an Intercontinental title out of it, and he got a tag team title out of it. But then... Yeah, but his, IC title, his IC title in WWE was purely used to put Edge over. Mm. Yeah. He won the IC title purely for Edge to take it off him at SummerSlam, and that was Edge's first goal at a singles title. But then you, I think it sickens me, the fact that, yeah, I sort of agree with you, it's Vince's fault, but I also say that it's not Vince's fault, it's also the fact that he had no character, like you said, but the fact that he just didn't fit that timeline, mm. but it does sicken me the fact that 
at later on down, in the down era our that we're in now. In the era we're in now. Lance Storm dancing around <laughs> on the stage. Lance Storm doesn't dance. Is this WWE trying to bring him we out? Was Jacqueline or? when she was a referee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but if you modern day though, 2017, Lance Storm's a 25 year old. He'd be over as fuck. He's Daniel Bryan. He'd be over as fuck exactly. Uh, but it's a different era. Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan wouldn't have worked in 2003. Daniel, Bri- Dan- Daniel Bryan couldn't talk for shit no. until like he got a bit of limelight. I mean, it's, that's it. Uh, this is now Canada. I have an issue with with our Canadian fans at this pay per view. Right, Arvid and Kane got a mild reaction ish, um, and then when Lance Storm and Regal um, Regal came out, half of the arena were cheering Lance Storm. The other half were booing Regal. What's Regal ever done to you, Canada? <laughs> they're the un-Americans. I know obviously they're not going under the un-American banner anymore, but they're still the un-Americans. Surely they should be Canada's favourite sons. Yeah. But it was it was. That you could hear the boos for Storm, but then it was nullified by... Uh, sorry, the cheers for Storm. Then it was nullified by the boos for Regal. Uh, what's Regal ever done? It's backwards on, isn't it? It's fucking bizarre world, isn't it? Uh, the match starts with Storm and RVD going at it in rapid pace. Uh, Storm cartwheels out of a monkey flip, but falls victim to a leg sweep, spinning leg drop, and a kick before tagging out to Regal. RVD, <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, or whether you two picked up on this as well. How fucking predictable is he? Yeah. yeah, I know we, we, we've yeah, but we've spoke about this before. Well, it is the same moves, but it's at least they're a bit more unique than body slam, atomic drop, arm drag. At least they are. Uh, he's he's in, yeah, you could, he's inventive. Name, name them now. Name the moves that he does. Easy. Rolling thunder, Van Terminator, Van Daminator, Van Dominator, Van Flippinator, Van Nominator. Spinning back kicks. Spinning back kicks. Kick. Yeah. Yeah, but that's his Flex style, me. though. Yeah, but if you monkey flip. Yeah, but look at the. <laughs> Let's roll in thunder for example. Uh, that is literally just a fucking forward roll into a into a sent on. Right, that's all it is. Uh, but he was he originated so many different moves. Like now, don't get me wrong. You watch Rob Van Dam now, like his last run with WWE in 2013, 14ish. Um, it was a same old stick. But even for me back then, Rob Van Dam was still unique. He was an originator of all these his different style of wrestling. But, but you don't know what's coming next. To progress in 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 any wrestling company, in my opinion. You have to evolve. So yeah. a person, John Cena, even though people hate him, uh, I don't dislike him. I think he's great. Um, I just don't like the way he's been booked. But he himself has evolved, like just with certain moves that he does. Yeah. He did a fucking Canadian destroyer. Yeah. It looks bad, but at least he tried something new. Whereas yeah. what my argument is, RVD, that was 2003, when he came back in 2003. Well, it was 97, 98. When he came yeah. back in 2013, 2014. Same moves. Same moves. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't change. But what 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 can you do though when when your style has always been uh, kicks, elbows? Do you not mean, do like, a kick. Not do an elbow. Do something else. It'd be fucked then, wouldn't it? Just stand there. Can you fall down, please? Because it's time for me rolling from the spot. You know, it's, but it is. It's. I, I I do agree. I don't want to agree, but I do agree. But for me, Rob Van Dam is still in 2003. For me, I still enjoy watching Rob Van Dam. Ronadam is managed. He's able to get a spinning wheel kick <laughs> and a split-legged <laughs> moonsault. Right yeah, he got a spinning wheel kick and a split-legged moonsault for a two. Oh, he's even mags not from it now. Uh, RBD tags Kane um, in the middle of a monkey flip on Regal, allowing Kane to come in and drop an elbow for two. Uh, a big body slam by Kane gets broken up for uh, two. <laughs> Storm then tags in and gets press slammed by Kane before he gets sent into the corner. And eats an absolute bucket full of right hands. Uh, a replay shows that Regal hit the back of his head on that body slam. 
and that's probably why he was tagged out so quickly. Um, I hope that this isn't going to have any of the effect regal, you know, big regal mark. Concussed. Yeah, I think that's why it was immediately cut tag out because you could. I, when they showed the replay, um, uh, and then I went back and just rewound it a little bit and watched. You could see him just, you could see birds flying around his head. Do you know what I mean? It, it took that a little bit stiff. Uh, big power slams by Kane sets up Rolling Thunder, but Regal rolls Storm out. RVD jumps off the top onto Storm, but didn't hit. Um, didn't it flush at all? He was like, it was one of them where you've got to sell it because if you don't sell it, you make yourself look stupid, and that, there wasn't much connection. That reverse suplex that Regal does is absolutely nasty. Ah, Regal's always been nasty. Regal's, I've always loved Regal's aggressive style. Yeah. He's always been an aggressive style. I love Regal. Um, with Storm back in the ring, Rob Van Dam hits a slingshot leg drop uh, on the back of the head for two. Regal's back in now, only to get RVD shoulder tackled and a kick off the top rope. Uh, RVD jumps off, uh, jumps to the top for the five-star frog splash, but gets shoved off onto the guardrail by Storm, and then a loud RVD chant starts up as he's thrown into the ring. Uh, Regal welcomes him back with a half Nelson suplex, which is one of Regal's best suplexes. Best suplexes. That's, that's what I'm on about. That is what I'm on about. It's not reverse. It's a half Nelson. That's it. Uh, Kane breaks up the cover before a one. Before a one counts. Before a one count. And Storm got you there. And then Storm comes in to work over RVD some more. Uh, Storm then heals up, yelling at the referee about the fact that he's uh, had all the five seconds to choke RVD if he wants to. Which I, I always, un- I, I get a side with wrestlers there. You've got a five count. Right? There's no point. I've got five. It's all right, ref. As long as I let go before five, what, what's, what's the issue? Um, Regal comes in and gets a series of two counts on RVD. Uh, Regal goes for a half Nelson suplex again, but RVD counters it and gets a sunset flip, but falls victim to a blind tag and a hard kick in the back of the head by Lance Storm. Storm gets a DDT for a two count. RVD is, um, gets a desperate roll up on Storm for another two count. Goes to tag Kane, but is cut off by Regal. Storm circles around and pulls Kane off the apron. RVD gets rid of Regal and goes to the corner. Uh, with no Kane to tag, though, Regal grabs him by the leg, but he gets a twisted kick by Rob Van Dam, another one of his moves, and he makes the hot tag. Kane comes in. I, oh, I love Kane's hot tag. You, you can't fault Kane for it. such a big man. He does move quick. Even in 2003, he still does move quick. Uh, Kane comes off the top rope with his uh, clothesline and goes to work on both Regal and Storm. Um, side slam by Kane onto Regal, gets a, bro- gets a broken two count. Kane goes for the choke slam, but Storm jumps onto Kane's back and shifts Kane's mask around. Uh, RVD gets the blind tag and hits a jumping kick onto Regal. Storm shoves RVD into Kane, who still can't see, and proceeds to choke slam his own partner, which was fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Do you know He's got you by the goozle, yeah? So does RVD not know, Kane, it's me. Would you not recognise his voice? And now it's quite loud, isn't it? It's quite a loud building. Yeah, but he's there. Uh, he's, he's next to him. I know Kane's got his mask. I know he's got his mask, but he's there. He's, he's, he's in front of his face. We just go, Kane, it's me. It's Rob. Yeah, we, we smoke weed together. Uh, oh no, yeah, fuck it. It's chokeslam. Regal covers one, two, three. So still tag team champions, Regal and Storm. After the match, Kane and RVD argue with RVD walking out in disgust. So good ending. Good ending, booking wise. Makes you want to watch Raw. Yeah, it make, it's good ending because you know for a fact that if it was a if that didn't happen with Kane's mask, that Kane already would have won. Um, but they needed the only Americans to win, so it was the only way to make them win was use Kane's mask. But it's quite it's, it's a genius way of doing it. To be fair, yeah. If the, whoever's the guy who wrote that um, thought, oh, let's, I don't know, let's use Kane's mask. Let's use that as an excuse for the only Americans to win, which I thought was really good. Oh, wait a second! Lance Storm is trying to rip the mask off of Kane. It may have been successful in doing it. The mask off is a mask off. And RVD on the top rope. Is the legal man down in the ring? Vacate? No, his mask is still on. Wait a second. Wait, wait. 
this bout. And still, World Tag Team Champions, Lance Storm and William Regal. I don't think Kane even realizes what he did. I still don't think he knows. Kane obviously thought he was choke slamming either William Regal or Lance Storm. Instead, choke slammed Rob Van Dam. Does he know it? Does Kane even realize what happened? Well, well, you look at him, he has no idea. He's asking referee Nick Patrick what's going on. But with all the dissension between RVD and Kane, uh, does that not make you think that the next pay-per-view will be RVD versus Kane? Yeah. No. <laughs> Are we still thinking we're right? The neck up on Raw. They'll probably be tag titles on Raw. <laughs> Rematch. Um, again, though, for me, it was it was one of the matches where the tag titles needed to be defended, but take away the Dudleys and three-minute warning, name me another Raw team. Fucking three point. count. Uh, Shannon Moore, yeah. Uh, Shannon, for start, Shannon Moore's on SmackDown running with Matt Hardy. The Hurricane and Shannon Moore are a tag team at some point in the WWE. I know they are. I'm on about now. I'm on about February 2003. Name me another Raw tag team. Roddy Mac and D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown's been released. Has he? Roddy Mac and Jazz. <laughs> Roddy Mac and Jazz, yeah. That could have worked. Uh, yeah, D'Lo Brown. I don't know if you're aware. D'Lo Brown is. We've had a couple of a few releases. Um, Raven. Just Incredible and D'Lo Brown have all been released since last time we recorded. Wow. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. The only one there that, doesn't, that does surprise me is D'Lo Brown. Because he's been getting a little bit of a push. Yeah. A little bit of a push. But from um, from what the dirt sheets at the time were stating, um, obviously Red Dog, who's John Cena's running buddy, he's going to be taking over D'Lo's spot and he's going to be going forward with uh, Thugging and Brugging Enterprises. Wow. He's, he's a more muscular black guy is than D'Lo Brown. Uh, is it like a... a, a like them trying to re, re, rehash the uh, nation of domination. That's the vibe I get. Where black, the black, black militants. Well, there's only two in there, isn't there? It's Teddy Long and Rodney Mike. Rodney Mike, yeah. Ted Long can't wrestle. No, he can referee. <laughs> <laughs> he can I'll referee it. He can book tag matches. <laughs> yeah, he can book tag matches. Oh, yeah. I'll referee it, player. Uh, we well, can book someone against Undertaker. A one-on-one. As long as it's only one-on-one. <laughs> uh, we go to the back. Uh, Josh Matthews is with Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore. Uh, Josh asked him about his diet and losing £10 in two weeks, which Hardy attributes to his matitude traits. Uh, he cuts the interview quickly to confront his brother Jeff in the back. He tells him that if he was still a matitude follower, he wouldn't lose every match he's in. Probably got a point. Uh, Jeff responds by slapping Matt. Uh, Shannon is actually able to calm Matt down and let him know that his match is next. Uh, now, for me, what's the purpose here? Unless Jeff Hardy's going to go SmackDown? What's that looks the, like the payoff. Just because they're brothers. We'll have them interact. But I have to side with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy's turned to Matt Hardy version one and he's had a match with a taker. He's been uh, flirting with Brock Lesnar. He's having a cruiserweight title match. I know Matt Hardy's more successful right now. I know it's a title match. He's Matt Hardy is the most successful Hardy brother at the minute. Jeff Hardy's in no man's land. He's lost. He's having um, tag team matches that aren't needed to be happening. But Matt Hardy's actually... You, you can see the storyline going with Hardy. Uh, do you, know what I mean? you can see what they're doing with Matt Hardy. I bet they saw some money on your, on your dirt sheet. Just me. I don't know if I'm just making this up, but probably the reason why Jeff is why he is like not succeeding. Go behind the closed doors. Obviously, we all know about Jeff, Jeff Hardy having drug problems. This could be one of the main reasons. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure Jeff Hardy doesn't last much longer than the WWE. Yeah, and then he turns up in TNA. Um, for his first run in TNA, looking fifty percent of the guy that he was in 2003. Uh, yeah, possibly. So, it is our next match. It is for the Cruiserweight title. Matt Hardy has made the weight. It is Matt Hardy with Shannon Moore against Billy Kidman. Who's walking away with the title? Matt Attitude. 
It's got to be, hasn't it, really? It's got to be, hasn't it? Kidman only took the title off Derwin for being a transitional champion, I think. Yeah, but he's not what has he done really with the belt? He's, he's not improved the Billy Kidman WWE character. So it's just Billy Kidman WWE with the Cruiserweight title now. So when he, he's just, uh, we've obviously gone through that period, they've cut his hair, he's not wearing his jeans no more, he's, he's just generic WWE wrestler. There's a great theme somewhere. You think? I love it. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Oh, yeah. It's awful. Awful. His old theme tunes, hundred times better. Um, obviously, a bit of background towards the match. Um, Matt Hardy is obviously Shannon Moore's mentor, and he was in his corner when Moore faced uh, Billy Kidman for the cruiserweight title. After the clean win, Kidman was attacked by Matt Hardy. This led to a match on the following week where Kidman upset Hardy. Uh, shocked and dismayed, Matt made a vow to lose weight and become cruiserweight in order to face Kidman at No Way Out. He faced Kidman's former WCW tag partner Rey Mysterio in a match two weeks ago, but lost due to dehydration from excessive dieting. What a bastard. Brilliant. What a bastard. Uh, this past week, though, uh, Matt Hardy and Shannon took on Kidman and Ray uh, with Hardy pinning Kidman um, with a twist of fate. So that made me firmly believe that Kidman was walking away with the title. Because the, the, the contender went over on the weeks, but on the final SmackDown before the event. Yeah. But, really but, but is that just because we, we've been brainwashed by modern day wrestling? Yeah. And that's sort of the structure that they go with, and that's the blueprint they go with. That whoever's game pushed on the go-home shows, usually doesn't do very well at the pay-per-views. So maybe. Yeah, That's usually the spoiler. Mm. It was confirmed earlier in the night that Matt had made the wait. So the match was booked. Right? So what would have happened? Matt would have come to the arena, nipped to Burger King first, right? <laughs> sneak a little whopper. Fuck, shit, that wait's come back on. Right? Now what happens? Who, who's Billy Kidman face? Shannon Moore? <laughs> what do they do? What do they do? My first notes on this is, I hate Kidman's theme so much. I love it. No, I. I just, that was my on Day of Reckoning, GameCube game. That was my, Day of Reckoning. That's a game. A wrestler's theme song. Day of Reckoning two. Uh, we get a Matt fact as Matt's making his way to the ring. Matt is annoyed by ice and snow. By ice and snow. By ice and snow. Um, and also we had Matt takes hot tea. With milk and sweetener. <laughs> I love the little facts. Brilliant. Uh, Matt Hardy starts off the match with a arm drag on Kidman, and then uh, he's doing jumping jacks to taunt him. It's like I've lost the weight. Look at me now. Uh, a body slam later, and Mattitude is flexing for the Canadian crowd. I love. I don't know if you know, it's the commentary during this match. Uh, Taz uh, was shitting on the UK. Michael Cole says, we're broadcasting everywhere, so we're broadcasting America, Canada, uh, UK, and then Taz goes, don't forget England, <laughs> and then, and I, I swear down, Taz needs a fucking map, he's a fucking <laughs> sat now, uh, to find, uh, he, needs, he needs a big globe point. Well, uh, a rebellion, just, rebellion yeah. when they said we're taking over Europe, we've done Finland, Northern Ireland, and fucking England, <laughs> we're now taking over Europe, not exactly Hitler, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taz's, Taz's commentary. Um, Shit. Yeah, it's never impressed me, but I've got to that point now where I just don't pay attention to them. I really don't. I don't mind when it's uh, raw. I don't mind. Like I think what we said about earlier with the coach, it is a refreshing change to hear a different voice calling match. But can't call the calling Taz no more. I'm officially done with them. <laughs> done with them. As far as I'm concerned, SmackDown doesn't have commentary. I don't mind Cole, but Taz, he needs to fuck off. Oh, he's doing my head in. I didn't mind Cole back then. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind him now, to be fair. He's not. 
not as bad as he was when he was a heel guy. Oh, he was a bellend then. Absolute yeah. bellend. He wasn't a very good heel. He was a really annoying twat. Uh, Matt Hardy, he whips Kidman into the ring post, and then we get a replay of it, and it looked worse the second time. Uh, Matt drives an elbow into Kidman's chest for a, f- uh, a few times before getting a two count. Uh, back elbow followed by a leg drop gets another two count. Uh, fist drop for two. Kidman tries a small comeback but gets cut off by a hangman's neck breaker. Uh, Matt puts on a straight jacket stretch, uh, but Kidman fights out of it. Matt goes for the side effect, but Kidman turns it into a roll-up for a close two count. Uh, Matt puts the front face lock um, on for a few seconds, but Kidman comes back with a sleeper. Matt counters a sleeper with a back suplex into an elbow drop and gets a two count. Uh, Matt goes for a single leg, but Kidman turns, uh, jumps up and hits an enziguri. And that enziguri was a one-footed enziguri. Yeah, it was very good. It was um, very similar to Owen Hart used to do them. Yeah. Owen Hart used to do a brilliant... Well, very similar to how Del Rio does it. Yeah, well, Del Rio does the running in Siguri where he doesn't, don't hold my leg, I can get myself up in the air by, by myself. Kidman, he comes off the ropes um, and gets hit with a clothesline and oh, it turns him inside out. Matt Hardy then goes for the <laughs> leg drop off to the middle rope. Um, it's a good one. It, it's always a good one. I've always said Matt Hardy's been able to deliver a fine middle rope leg drop. Um, Matt then goes for his twist fate, but Kidman pushes him off and hits some nice drop kicks, sending Matt to the outside. Uh, Kidman with a plancher, uh, Kidman throws Matt back in and comes off the top, getting kicked in the gut on the way down for a twist of fate attempt. But Kidman gets a double leg takedown and a close two count. Shannon Moore gets on the apron uh, and Matt shoves Kidman into him, knocking him down. Matt seizes the opportunity to hit the side effect for a two count. Has a side effect ever won a match? No. no. I didn't think so. Uh, Matt goes for a back suplex, but Kidman flips over and it's a tornado bulldog using Shannon Moore's body. I, I, I thought it looked like a Dudley dog. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, Kidman then comes off the top with a shooting star press, but Matt moves out of the way with his uh, superior intellect and brain matter and gets the twist of fate, complete with uh, Kidman's face first. Um, twist of fate. It was like, is his neck broke? It was one of them where you stopped him and thought, oh, shit, the bed. He himself. Yeah, yeah, shit, the bed. Uh, but he kicks out. I thought that was the finish. Absolutely kicks out. Uh, Matt can't believe it. He puts Kidman on the top rope and gets Billy up for a superplex, but Kidman knocks him down. Kidman tries to position himself on the top, but Moore makes sure he stays crotched on the top, and Matt go- takes his time to hit the super twist of fate off the top. Now, I'm sorry, right? That's You've nearly just broke his neck with that twist of fate. I'm sure the neck's going to be hurting. Adlib it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Call an audible. Just do another normal twist of fate. It didn't need that super twist of fate off the ropes. Um, for the one, two, three, and Matt Hardy, Fat Matt, is your new Cruiserweight Champion. What the hell? Matt Hardy, top rope, Kidman battling back. Oh, look out. Kidman knocked Matt Hardy off the second rope. Matt Hardy's out on his feet. He's still fighting. Oh, Kidman with a shot to the ribs. Oh. Look at Shannon Moore grabbing the back of the leg of Billy Kidman. A bit like Batman there, Shannon. Matt Hardy perhaps playing possum. What the hell is this? I don't know. Look at this. Oh, he twists the feet from the top rope. Oh, my God. As much as I enjoy the Matt Hardy character, I do enjoy version one, but I believe I enjoy the Matt facts more than anything. Um, but for me, you're shitting on a cruiserweight division by having someone who's clearly not a cruiserweight. He's cl- I know 
they don't emphasise the weight limit like they do obviously in modern day cruiserweights. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's shitting on a cruiserweight division. You've gone from Jamie Noble, who's as small as I am, Billy yeah. Kidman, who's just as small. Yeah, well that's great. The fact that you—that's how you feel because now you want somebody to take it off him. Sat on fence. Yeah, well, you don't—you don't like Matt Hardy as a cruiserweight. Well, I like the Matt Hardy character. So Matt Hardy losing will be taking a step back unless he drops the belt to move on to a other. I honestly, at this point, have no idea who's going to take the title off him. But if I was to guess, I'd say Rey Mysterio. Yeah, it's hard to guess. Billy Kidman, I'd say Billy Kidman rematch. Which you'll lose, which Billy Kidman will lose, and then it'll be Rey, insert Rey Mysterio. That's, that's, and that's, honestly, I have no idea, but I would say most likely it would be Mysterio. Yeah. Because he's a face. Yeah. yeah. And Billy Kidman's a face as well. But. If booked correctly, um, I think it could elevate Rey Mysterio. Because obviously ele- uh, Rey Mysterio at the minute, He's obviously been on Sunday night. He is he's a little bit lost. He's obviously he had his uh, tag run with Edge, um, but that took all the focus away from Rey Mysterio's singles action. And then when he come back to putting him in single storyline, he didn't have anything to do. So that's why he's on Sunday night heat and stuff. So, um, and I think a win over someone like Matt Hardy, especially when he's getting the big push, got the fucking flames behind him with this attitude. Um, I think maybe that is what could be used to get Rey Mysterio above Hardy and bigger and better things. Yeah. Uh, we cut to the back. Uh, we see Stephen McMahon with them beautiful big boobies of hers uh, running down the aisle uh, at, at, at the corridor as Edge uh, has been knocked down and out and his partners for tonight try and revive him. Team Angle's plan all along. Who did it? Team Angle, obviously. I think it was A-Train. Yeah, you think, you think they've got... A- Team Angle's got A-Train in back pocket? I think A-Train Hired, hired help? I think A-Train did it. No, I think I think Team Angle. Team Angle. I think Team Angle. Too obvious though, Team Angle. Of course, that's why it's wrestling. <laughs> obvious always prevails. <laughs> um, like the big cast and Enzo storyline, what a day. Now everyone to our side, the big cast coming up. Yeah. Now for those that are unaware, the angle was used to take Edge out of action. Uh, she needs major neck surgery, and all of the same surgery that Steve Austin had to have when Owen Hart broke his neck. And he went to go, you know, when it was the who ran over Austin storyline, that was yeah. to take him away to have his neck surgery. Exactly. The same doctor, the same operation, everything. And obviously, we're not going to see Edge now for quite a while. But, um, touchy subject, but do you, is this when, when Edge comes back, he's on roids? He looks bigger. Yeah, I, I said that. When he, when he does come back, he's got a lot more muscle mass. So... He's either on roids, which does, it wouldn't surprise me for he's this era. He's taken yeah. He admitted it. Oh, is it? Is he admit, so he was. He admitted he's been on roids, but I want to know. I don't think it's now he's on roids. I think it's. Later on, when he's. During recovery time, it'll be. Yeah. Because he wants to come back quicker, get more pumped. Yeah. Or unless he's he's hitting it hard, like training. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to go away and find out for next episode. Um, we then go to a video package for the next match, which is The Undertaker versus The Big Show. Coming up next, it's The Undertaker in the Big Show. Oh man, this is the one The Undertaker has been dying to get his hands on The Big Show. Tonight's the night. The mind games are over. The frustration comes to an end. It's Undertaker and Big Show next. The C-Taker, he went through hell. Hell in a cell. No! Wait a minute! The Big Show! Ambushing The Undertaker from behind. Oh my God! Oh. What the hell's he done? Did you hear the thud when the Undertaker crashed into that equipment below? 
This is a very serious situation. Now this is, is the build for this has been very peculiar uh, because it's, it's started yeah it started off uh, like Big Show throwing Undertaker off the stage and stuff like that and there was a lot of violence in the start of the feud and then it went stupid you had Spanky coming out as a singing telegram in these so they had these wooden crates that were put into the ring these presents from the Big Show to Undertaker we had Spanky singing telegram we had Canyon looking like Boy George Canyon is gay. Canyon's admitted he's mm-hmm. gay. And they're dressing him up as Boy George. Canyon's not with us anymore. Yeah, I know. Uh, sorry, sorry, did I talk about him in the... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he, no, he, I get what you're saying. Admitted he yeah, was yeah. Gay. So I, it was I, the first one ever, wasn't it? The first wrestler to ever come out and admit he was gay. And I'm sure it was one of those point as well. Yeah, yeah. And he, t- he did say he got bullied a lot for it because they, just, oh, they weren't accepting of it. I so can imagine. Canyon as Boy George. Mm-hmm. And then he gets obviously gets a puppy as well. And then, um, I always, I always love that. To be fair, this build-up has been a bit pathetic, but that segment. So, there's two wooden crates in the ring. He opens the first one quite carefully. The little puppy's there, and he picks the puppy up and that. And then he proceeds to kick the crap out of the second one. They could have been the mother of the dog in there. <laughs> they could have been cats. They could have been parrots. Right? I don't know where parrots came from, but you, you, you've just physically assaulted. Obviously, in his body, thought it'd be big shit. Yeah, maybe. Do we do logic? Yeah. 
Yeah, I could, I, yeah, I could probably agree with that. I could probably agree with that. But that wood that is when he were punching it. Now, I know like with the tables that they used, they're made out of like the compressors, the MDF. That was like made out of paper that I think was just painted to look like it was wood. Yeah, you could have blown on that and it would have fell apart. Um, so yeah, so obviously the night after Hell in the Cell, um, Big Show attacked him and threw him off of SmackDown stage, as we've said. Uh, he made his return at the Royal Rumble uh, and called out the Big Show on the next SmackDown. Uh, Paul Heyman, who was obviously Big Show's manager, tried to make peace with The Undertaker, telling him that the Big Show is sorry for what he did. He tried to make up for Taker by sending him, as we said, singing Telegram. Um, Taker um, hit him with the last ride. Uh, the next week, he tried to get, oh, Brother Love. We forgot Brother Love. Next week, Undertaker's former manager. Ah, really? um, Brother Love come out. Oh, Bruce Pritchard. Bruce. Yeah. Uh, current head of something Jesus on TNA. Christ, I've just realised that's him. Yeah, that's Bruce Pritchard's Brother Love. Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ. Did you not know that? No. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. said his name. I oh, know. Fucking just clicked. Yeah, yeah. It was Undertaker's Who's obviously. now one of the owners of Anthem. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's involved like a creative team in TNA, isn't he? Pritchard. Um, oh, obviously, Undertaker's first ever manager when Undertaker came onto the scene. Uh, and Undertaker, he was that happy to see him and give him a tombstone. Obviously, still wanted to get his hands on Big Show. Heyman gave him another crate. Uh, this time, as I said, it was Chris Canyon uh, making his return by dressing up like Boy George and singing, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Um, yeah, Taker wanted to hurt him, and he did. Um, so Canyon's well, welcome back present was uh, basically a demolition via steel chair shots to the head. Uh, and then the, the final week SmackDown before, uh, before was obviously the two crates where the small one had a puppy in it, and then Taker just... Um, yeah, he, he chokes on the puppy in the ring and tombstone. He didn't really. Uh, and, then, uh, and then obviously he smashed up the other crate. Uh, but the Big Show then attacked him from behind um, and chokeslammed him. Uh, the Undertaker... Big Show then attacked the Undertaker from behind and chokeslammed him to the mat. This setting up tonight's match. Um, I noticed straight away, Big Show is looking very I'm the Giant from WCW with the one-arm yeah. singlet, Andre Giant singlet. But on the flip side, it shows it's a bit tight. It, big shows. This is where he's big shows a big this. show. Uh, he's starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. In about five episodes time, we'll be calling him the big big show. Uh, he's not. He's getting bigger and bigger. In six episodes, it'll be big 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 show. <laughs> massive, massive big show. I don't think he's worn anything like the the attire since uh, I said the days of giant in WCW. Um, because obviously when when he first debuted, um, he didn't really have. Much attired when he was running with the corporation. Well, a pair of pants and, yeah. a pair and the boots. Uh, and um, yeah, he was basically. Just, started wearing. Yeah, and then he like started the wearing. Top. Yeah, when he won the world title in '99, he was wearing the sleeveless top and like shorts. Um, so this is the first time we've seen, um, in wrestling gear, which made him famous to an extent. He wears this gear for about two or three years, eh? Mm. And then goes for double sleeve. So why yeah. was it? It begs the question: Why was he in fat gear before in his jeans and his? Top. Maybe he was a bit fatter then. I don't know. Crazy. Maybe, maybe they wanted to take him away from the giant persona and character, but now he's been with the WWE for Four, four years. Yeah. Um, it's now got to the point where, nah, fuck it, he's a big show. People don't people don't relate to him as the giant anymore. People relate to him as the big show. So stick him in whatever. I think anyway. Um, so the match begins. They begin brawling on the outside with Undertaker getting the advantage with his right hands. He tries to jump onto Show on the apron, but gets caught and driven into steel post. Uh, Show then whips Taker into barricade before he sends him back into the ring. As Show slides into the ring, Taker actually hits a drop kick to the head, which is fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Look at Undertaker going off his feet. 
with a drop kick to the head. He then hits Show with a few elbows to the chest and then hits a leg drop off the apron onto Show's chest. Show's got to be winded like fuck. I love that leg drop. That leg drop. It's got to wind you because Undertaker, he's not a small kid. I know Big Show's obviously got a chest about the size of us three if we put it together, but it's got to have, that's, that's a big leg coming drop, dropping down on you. When Undertaker goes down, does it, it, when he's doing that apron leg drop, is his, is his arm not on a rope or something when he does it? Uh, yeah, he brings so himself down with the... Yeah, yeah like, like how Bret Hart falls over the top rope. So when he'll grab him. each rope on the way down. So he's not bringing as much weight down. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Show takes over in the corner, hitting him with hard forearms and heats a boot when he charges at him. Uh, a second missed charge leads to Taker trying to body slam Show, but Show is too damn fat and falls on Taker for a two count. Uh, Taz, uh, he relates to the crowd that if he can't body slam Show, he can't tombstone him. Uh, Taz is white. I just that's oh. Um. Anyway, Show picks up the Undertaker and hits a vertical suplex, uh, which was quite the visual. To be fair, you don't see many people suplexing uh, the Undertaker. That was very very high as well. Mm, mm, definitely. <laughs> yes. And then you think about it, seven foot in the air, and then fucking out. Taker's just under seven. The Big Show suplexing the Undertaker. Undertaker's four, feet are going to be about fifteen, four, fifteen foot, feet. fourteen, fifteen foot in the air. Yeah. yeah. That's the size of a cage. About five or six lazy elbow drops on by show leads to a two count. Uh, Taker fights back and charges at show into the corner, but gets caught in the dreaded bear hug of doom yeah. uh, by the big show. Um, this is probably the least active the crowd has been all night. I don't think the crowd are into this whatsoever. I wasn't. I wasn't getting into it. Just pure the fact that they're two big guys. When you get two big guys in a match, you don't expect it to the, be that. Like this match that are fighting over nothing. Was a bit, would be amazing. Yeah. Well, they, they, they're not fighting on anything. There's no... What are they fighting over? You threw me off the stage. You threw me off the stage and I don't like my presence. So I want to punch you in your face. Uh, punch you in your face. Taker fights back and comes off the ropes right into a uh, sidewalk slam by Show for a two count. Show follows up slowly with some headbutts. And they of were course. slow headbutts. Of course. Um, Taker blades off one of the headbutts. Now, I'm sorry. This match has got no stipulation. There's no title on the line. Why did it need a blade job? To make it a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but did it? Well, when I was going through it. Crowd enjoyed it more. Yeah, they did wake up and start chanting Taker. So they did wake up a little bit. I'll be honest, I watched the match. I skipped little bits of the match because I was getting bored myself. <laughs> but then I saw, like, blood on his face. And I was like, oh, this looks a little bit interesting. Then I still kept skipping through it. Yeah. Because it just wasn't a match that... Big, big sh as much as the Big Show and The Undertaker are big, huge stars in the WWE, putting them together just wasn't it's just not it's not entertaining no, me. no. I, I've never been a fan of two big men because you're very limited on what you can achieve put the big show against Brock Lesnar any day of the week I'll watch that because I know it's only the last five six minutes mm. Undertaker big show Undertaker has a big move set he has a lot of big moves and it's slow as well it's just a yeah. slow match like there's like I think the Undertaker's most fastest moment is when he comes off the ropes for his mid-air slow his mid-air clothesline jumping clothesline yeah. but even that itself uh, was slow on how Big Show fell to the mat it was just it felt yeah it felt like that this match just needed to be five minutes chipped off it yeah, yeah. I would agree that's all it needed and you yeah. could still know all your spots when you, for all your spots when you, when I was on the network and I was I was looking at the, you know in the little, the little dots yeah I was quite shocked to see quite a big gap between mm. the, the match I was like that's quite an awfully long match for those two. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But this is probably the third biggest match on, on SmackDown coming into the pay-per-view. Obviously, you've got 
Uh, Hogan. Hogan. Hogan Rock. Uh, Lesnar and, and all that stuff. Yeah, see, this is probably the third most important match, so it's got to be given that it can't be it can't be classed as a throwaway match because it would get shit on a lot more than it probably was already shit on in the first place. Then I, I, I'm thinking of the fans you sit in the arena. I'd be bored to fuck, aren't you? Absolutely bored to fuck. Uh, Taker, he goes for old school on show and then goes for the choke slam, but this time show puts his hand around Taker's throat as well, so they're both holding each other for choke slams. Classic. Absolutely. It used to always be best with uh, Kane and Big Show, yeah. where they'd fight and then one of them would knock the arm off the off the throat and stuff. That's how you. That's how to correctly book big men fighting to overpower each other. No one can get the upper hand. The Beth gets hit lightly and Taker takes the opportunity to hit Show um, in the uh, mummy and daddy buttons. <laughs> there. Uh, and while Hebner isn't looking, he comes off the ropes with a DDT for a two count. Uh, Taker proves that he's been smoking lots of drugs during his vacation as he attempts a last ride on show. Uh, <laughs> but, not show a not a but show counters with a spine buster for two. Uh, Big Show then hits the worst snake eyes this side of Kevin Nash uh, as Cole says that he uh, utilised it to perfection. No, he fucking didn't, Michael Cole. <laughs> no, he fucking didn't. Uh, Big Show picks Taker up for the body slam uh, with Taker slipping out from behind and putting on his taking care of business dragon sleeper. And that seems to be the, the, the name they're going with. Taking care of business. Uh, I want to comment, but I just don't want to. <laughs> Heyman, he gets on the apron to distract the ref. Uh, so Taker lets go of the hold and goes after the, uh, the after Big Show's manager. Well, Hebner is distracted. A-Train runs down to the ring. Fuck off, A-Train. Uh, Taker nails him uh, before he can go into the ring. Taker flies with a... I don't know what you call it. Take a dive off Tope the... Tope Suicida! Mamma mia! Su super Taker. <laughs> super Taker. Uh, that did wake up the crowd. I don't know if you noticed, though, when Taker, I know we spoke about his gracefully going over the rope, the landing wasn't as graceful. He went on the floor, and Atrium was like, shit, I've got to sell it, and he literally just glanced at Atrium. <laughs> He's like, fuck, I've got to sell this. Uh, Taker gets back in the ring with this crazy look in his eyes as the crowd is starting to really come into the match and he signals for the tombstone. He goes to pick show up, but he was playing possum and he choke slams Taker down. Choke slam. He does a choke slam on Taker. Now, if you choke slam somebody, you're gonna you're meant to be knocked out for a good two or three minutes. But not if it's a pinfall attempt. No, the brain, no. the brain is trained to kick out it too. No, I don't know. I'm not having any of that bullshit. <laughs> he choke slams him. He should be out. Cold. Well, oh no, no, he's not. It's a signature. What? It's a signature. It's not a finisher. That's the Big Show's finisher. Chokeslam. At this point in time, it is. Oh yeah, he's not started hitting that the big curtain call thing yeah. yet, or whatever it's the called. Chokeslam yeah. is his finisher. Yeah. And then instantly he goes straight into the Hell's Gate, is it? Or the it is. Choke. Yeah, the triangle. That it's like a triangle key lock that obviously we get to know and further down the line as the Hell's Gate. And is, de is this the debut of it, Dave? Uh, yeah, this is the, the the debut of Undertaker's new MMA style. The go-go uh, platter. The go-go platter, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's his the MMA. Go -go the go-go platter, yeah. In it, MMA, because it's an actual MMA move, because Undertaker's a big MMA fan uh, in Mark Calloway. He always said that if he, he did... If he wanted to go into MMA. When, MMA when UFC uh, had its surge of interest, uh, when you're like your Ken Shamrocks and your um, Chuck Liddells and stuff, Taker said if he were 10 years younger, I'd be kicking all their asses. Because he was big MMA fan. That's why he's always at UFC shows. He's a big MMA fan. So that's why he incorporated the um, the the, tri the triangle uh, choke into his repertoire. Undertaker feels it. He's got that sick gaze in those eyeballs, baby. It has reached a fever pitch. Now oh, here we go. Big showing him a movement. He's lying on the mat. 
Ain't no life in him. Undertaker is battered. He's bloodied. He's bruised. But he made oh. me moments away. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, slam. Big Show playing possum. Connects. That's a big damn possum. Big Show's going to get the win. Cold. Oh, look at the leg. And hey, look at the Undertaker. Oh, oh. Look at this. Looks like a, that's a triangle choke. This, this is a submissive maneuver. Undertaker's got it locked in. Undertaker got to keep himself from his own back so he don't get pinned. The big shoulders are down. The shoulders are down. Undertaker just knocked out. Small oh, fight Big Show trying to stack the dead man on his back. Oh, man, he's going to get choked out. The Undertaker using that awful leverage and got that, that grip on around the head. I think Big Show's out. The Undertaker has won this match. Choked out. Triangle choke. The Big, big Show is out. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, Undertaker gets the victory. Um, I don't know about Undertaker using MMA moves. I, 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 don't, I just I don't yeah, know. Undertaker, right, going back to what I said earlier, he's evolved. He's constantly, he's the one wrestler. Who's constantly evolved. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. And not just with, like, appearance, like, with his... Well, his, with his repertoire, with his moves. With his moves. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he puts new things in mm. there for you. I think what's helped with Undertaker as well, he's, he gets bigger and bigger as times go on. Uh, like, the Undertaker that debuted in Night Night's Five Series, you can never imagine him doing a powerbomb. Never mind lifting somebody up an extra foot before they drop him down. Where Undertaker, the older he gets, just the more built he's got. I don't ever believe he was on steroids or anything like that, because there's no muscle definition. Taker's never had muscle mass, but he just gets bigger. And obviously, that the bigger you are, the more strength, strength you've got. Um, so I think that's why he was able to incorporate um, moves like his last ride. So on, on to the subject of the Undertaker. Uh, I'm gonna have a little bet with you now. Okay, so we're in right now. It's July, June. Yeah, we're in June. We're now. in February. No, we're in June. Oh, real life. 2017. <laughs> real life. Kayfabe. Yeah. <laughs> June, we're in June now. Yeah? yeah. So this time next year, when WrestleMania comes round. Will the Undertaker appear? Yes. Will he wrestle? No. Mike? Hall of Fame. That's why he'll appear. Just for the Hall of That's why he'll appear. Do you want me to call him out on stage? That's where he'll appear. Right, well, I'll have Fishman's bet. This time next year, I think the Undertaker will be in a match with somebody. Oh, I hope to God not. I reckon he will. I be. hope to God not. Exactly. Because the, the, his Royal Rumble appearance made me feel sick because he looks like an overweight alcoholic. And then his WrestleMania appearance sent me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sent me to sleep. Um, after the match... Taker comes back into the ring with a steel chair to extract his revenge on show. But A-Train comes back in and hits the derailer, uh, which obviously the former Baldo oh, bomb. Mate, that derailer, that it was amazing. I, I love that. That's a good move. That looked awesome. Nobody expected it to be a five-star It was, better, classic, it was better than I thought it would be. Nobody expected it to be five-star. I'll I tell you what makes, what's made that match. The crowd made that match. Mm. And the crowd makes a lot of these matches yeah. in, in this pay-per-view. So, does that mean going forward, we are having... Next month, Taker versus A-Train. Yes. That's how, I'm, that's how yeah. I'm seeing it at the minute. God, how wrong? What is wrong with this booking? Because every match that we've said, right? Because obviously we know the card for Mania. We know the card for Mania. We got the right We got the right for Jericho, HBK. Yeah. But apart from that, every one of them is... Do you know what I mean? What is wrong with the booking from No Way Out to Mania? They're all finishing. All fit. If you look at all these feuds, no, they don't. No, listen. Who does Undertaker go at against Mania? Listen, him and fucking Nathan Jones. No, listen. Steiner, Triple H. Yeah, that has to. Steiner's that should have finished at Rumble. That should have finished at Rumble. Tough, and then he's going to go in with we know who. Yeah. Uh, Your favourite. The Rock Hogan. 
that's over and done with. Rock goes in with we yeah. know who, so they're finishing feuds. This yeah. is this is a feud burner. This is what it is. Now ish, ish. But I'm say ninety percent of this show is a feud. No, burner. no. I'll definitely say so. Ah, uh, you obviously we know where we know what happens to Brock. Yeah. Okay. We know what happens to Kurt. Yeah. So that's yeah, the yeah, That's one. Yeah. One. Taker. Yeah, two. So that's not nine percent. That's eight percent. <laughs> oh, <I'm Scott> <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got standard. That's 33.4%. So we go to the back. Uh, we see Brock and Benoit helping uh, load Edge into the ambulance because obviously EMTs can't do their job and they need help off um, off wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> not done with you yet. Um, Stephanie McMahon tells them their match is next. What happens to Stephanie? Maybe saying, Would you like a choice of a third fucking member? Our next match is Team Angle of Kurt, Shelton and Charlie against Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit because Stephanie's a bastard and she won't let him have a third person. Who could have been the... Mysterio? Mysterio? Yeah, but it could easily appear twice and it's only a, only a pre-show match. That, that was different, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mysterio's a good shout. Trying to get anyone else that's in that. Eddie? Yeah. Yeah, right. Heels, heels. Oh, yeah, Eddie and Chavo, heels. Where the hell are they? Where's Billy? Billy's injured still. Billy's injured still, I believe. I don't know. I think that's just gone, hasn't it? Just gone. Um, so obviously Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle, uh, they've been at odds ever since Armageddon, where Kurt used uh, Brock to win the world title, an elaborate plan to win the belt and screw over Lesnar. Um, at the Rumble, uh, Brock won the right to face Angle at WrestleMania for the WWE title. And that same night, Benoit took Kurt Angle to limit in an absolute classic. Um, Five-star match. Yeah. Well, it was, for me, as we discussed at the Rumble, um, I wasn't as pressed, impressed as I were back then when I watched it originally uh, because I thought it was too much build-up to a big move that no one pulled off. And it was just build-up, build-up, build-up again. But one of the better matches that we've seen so far on this journey. Uh, Benoit and Edge, they've obviously been teaming up uh, against the newly crowned tag team champions of Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, uh, coming out on the short end of the stick because of Angle's interference. Uh, on Valentine's Day episode, Kurt Angle tried sucking up to SmackDown GM Stephanie McMahon uh, by giving her a rose, but she then announced the six-man match for tonight. Uh, Brock was simply focused on the WWE title, and Angle himself wanted to wrestle him the past week on SmackDown, but Angle made the stipulation, in order to wrestle um, to wrestle me, you've got to get through Shelton, and to order to wrestle Shelton, you've got to get through Charlie. Uh, and Val- um, Brock, he got through Charlie quite comfortably, he got through Shelton quite comfortably, uh, Angle having none of it, uh, you're not wrestling me yet. Um, they get into uh, a brawl where you've got Angle, who's got the ankle lock on Lesnar. You've got Sheldon Benjamin Charlie either side, just proper just sledging him from either side. And then Benoit and Edge come out to make the save as SmackDown went off the air, setting up the match for tonight. Well, obviously, as we know, uh, Edge, uh, I said with the neck injury, uh, so it's three on two advantage, uh, disadvantage against Benoit and Lesnar. But if you're Benoit and you've got Lesnar on your side, the You'd be confident, wouldn't you, surely, still? Yeah. After see, especially after seeing how quickly Brock went through Shelton and Charlie in the SmackDown yeah. taping. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they booked this right. But we are obviously still trying to book it as Brock as this superpower. It's a clusterfuck. Mm. But who's going away with the victory? Oh, well, going into it, I thought it would be Angle. Team Angle. It makes sense. Have Angle go over Benoit. That way you keep Lesnar looking strong fit. Is the number contender. Yeah. And that goal keeps momentum going in as champion. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we head to the ring where Tony Chimmel announces the handicap stipulations. Uh, Team Angle then is showered with you suck chants uh, as they come out wearing red, white, blue, and gold. They're all they've all got championship gold. Now I had another issue on this, right? It's all well and good having this. This obviously originally it was going to be a six-man tag, but I'm a firm believer that your WWE champion needs to defend his title on every pay-per-view. Yeah, but why didn't he? They're saving him for Mania. Except they? they're saving, they're saving the build-up for obviously Brock and Kurt. It's looking like it's going to be at Mania, um, unless obviously Kurt drops the title over the next couple of weeks. Um, but I don't know. You throw somebody else in there. Why not have Shelton Benjamin? Uh, Shelton Benjamin. Have Benoit or Edge have a chance. Also not Edge because of injury, but what? Benoit have a rematch from the Rumble, yeah. and then have a clusterfuck of a finish that brings out and have maybe a two-on-one match of Brock against Charlie and Shelton. I don't know, I just think it, it felt like we've got these six guys and we know one of them's injured, so we've got to write him out of storyline. So now we've got these five guys and what do we do? Let's just, it feels like 2017 booking. Yeah. Yeah. Where we've got just got that guy and that guy don't like each other and that tag team and that tag team don't like each other. Six-man tag. And that is modern-day WWE booking. And I, got, I got the vibe from this. The place, absolutely, the arena absolutely erupts um, as the Canadian crippler Chris Benoit uh, and Brock Lesnar make their entrance. Uh, the match starts with Benoit and Benjamin locking up and jockeying for position until Benoit gets a shoulder tackle and goes to work on Shelton. Uh, Haas comes in and gets a few boots in the corner of Benoit before scumming to a back body drop uh, by the crippler. Brock comes in and puts the boots to Haas, followed up with uh, shoulder tackles in the corner. Brock tosses Haas into the corner. Uh, he's asking for Angle uh, to come into the match, but Kurt's obviously not going to. <laughs> There's no way, no booking in the world makes Kurt. Yeah, give me the tag, I'll take him, no problem. <laughs> uh, Benjamin comes in and receives the same from Brock. Uh, Angle actually misses his cue. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, as Haas whips Brock into the ropes. Uh, Brock has to wait for a second before Angle can grab him from behind. I think he was supposed to whip and grab him immediately. Um, he puts on a chin lock while standing on the apron. But Brock uses power and walks into the ring, taking Angle with him. Uh, Shelton then comes in, saves Kurt, and nails Brock with a super kick to the face. Shelton Benjamin done off deliver right. a super kick. Uh, Has tags uh, Angle in now, and Brock uh, and Brock's down. He puts on another rear chin lock on Brock as a replay shows how well Shelton nailed that, that super kick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no headlock. <laughs> uh, Brock tries to ram Angle into the corner to get separation, but Angle hangs on for the hold. Uh, Benoit leads the crowd on to cheer Brock. Um, as he gets to his feet with Angle on his back and rams Angle into a turnbuckle, finally getting the WWE Champion off his back. Benjamin and Benoit come in then, and the match just goes fucking mental for. Benoit speeds it up. With yeah, it, it goes mental for a few seconds. Uh, it snaps suplex here, German suplex here, typical Benoit shtick. But Benoit, there's there's no at this period of time, there's no one finally that delivers a German suplex than no. um, than, than Chris Benoit. No, no. Apart from, um, is it ah 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 man? Who did that snap suplex? That snap German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That snap German. does that one nice. That, but you've got to be about four stone for him to be able to do that to you. He can't do that to Big Show. No. I can't see Big Show snapping that quick. Benoit. He goes for his headbutt, but Hass holds on to Benoit and uh, Angle hits the uh, pop-up top rope suplex. I've always been impressed how quick Angle can get up to that top rope. Yeah, you can get up there so quickly. Um, Angle gets up and takes the straps down because obviously it's time to turn it up a notch. Uh, then Brock grabs him from behind, puts on a rear chin lock of his own for a pop. Yeah, that's what this is. This is this is a little pattern I've noticed about this match. He goes quick and then slow. It's 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 solid move, solid move, chin lock, rest hold, solid move, solid move. It's that. It's, but again, does that constantly keep the crowd into it? No. 
But you don't think because the crowd were constantly popping yeah. for these suplexes and stuff like that. But then on the flip, um, the crowd are, are dead in the water when it's the headlocks and the chin locks and stuff. But every match needs a rest hold because you need to not work out what you're going to do next. But some matches have more rest holds than others. Some other matches have maybe one or two. Uh, this seems to have... Randy Orton uses rest holds all match. Exactly. Um, but this, for me, I think the rest holds, I didn't mind them too much in this because... It was only a couple of minutes, and then you'd get a couple of good power moves. Uh, Benjamin charges, however, and knocks Brock down to the floor. Uh, Shelton goes to work on Benoit in the ring now before tagging out to Haas. Uh, Benoit gets an overhead belly-to-belly -belly suplex from Haas for a two before Angle comes in. Angle puts on a front face lock uh, and a, a snapmare as the crowd chants, let's go, Benoit. Uh, Benoit starts uh, getting up and chops Angle. Um, Benoit's chops are mean. Such a oh, oh, dude, this, this, they blend so well together. I know we spoke about it many a time. They blend so well. Whether that being tagging together or one-on-one -on -one against each other. Um, Angle and Benoit begin trading pinfall attempts. But Angle wins this encounter with a German suplex. Uh, Haas tags in and gets a cheap shot on Brock as Team Angle go for their double team move where Shelton leapfrogs over Haas to land on Benoit. Love it. Uh, yeah, me and awesome you both. Uh, Benoit gets up and, and absolutely tattoos Shelton's chest with vicious chops. I was hurting. I even looked at my chest afterwards to make sure there were no red marks there. <laughs> it was that bad. Shelton gets a drop toe hold on Ben. On Shelton gets a drop toe hold on Benoit and pulls him back into the corner, preventing the hot tag to Brock. Uh, <laughs> Benoit is able to get a mill kick on Shelton and tags in the former WWE champion Brock Lesnar and he runs fucking wild he runs over Team Angle with overhead belly to bellies he gives Kurt one he tosses Charlie that way Shelton miss, that way I miss seeing Brock doing overhead bellies I, I just miss Brock wrestling Yeah. I miss Brock wrestling and not German 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 I just because we all know he can uh, but unfortunately WWE's booked themselves into a corner with Said t-shirts. Said t-shirts. They booked themselves into a corner. Super suplexes. Yeah. Right, now, all his merchandise, his promos, everything's aimed at German, German, Germans until I hit me a five. Where, I don't, we've discussed this before, I don't know if it's Brock's being lazy or Brock's I too fat these days. I don't think you're going to see that at the Great Balls of Fire. I honestly believe that you're going to see some wrestling from him and that's because Samoa Joe's in it. Samoa Joe's going to out-wrestle him if he doesn't. Samoa Joe make him look stupid because Samoa Joe is the same sort of build to an extent as Brock. I know Brock's a bit taller. Um, but what Samoan Joe can do, Brock wishes he could do. Do you know? And if he doesn't up his game, Samoan Joe will out wrestle him every day of the week. And like Heyman said, worst case scenario. Yeah, and he's right. Though, what we need, they need to be building somebody as a as a new superpower bad guy. And what better than Samoan Joe? What do you know what I mean? It's absolutely. Uh, angle. He goes for the angle slam, but Brock gets out of it and attempts an F five. Uh, Shelton then makes the save by dropkicking Brock and Angle falls to the outside. Uh, Benjamin goes over over the top with Brock as Benoit comes in and German suplexes Haas. Uh, Angle comes back in uh, and gets the ankle lock on Benoit, but Benoit reverses it into a crossface cross and then gets reversed to an ankle lock, ankle lock and then got reversed into a crossface. Cross uh, Team Angle make the save, but then Benoit is able to get the crossface on Haas. But then Shelton tries to break it up. Uh, Brock runs in and throws Shelton to the outside as Benoit puts the hold back on. Brock then gets hold of Kurt. F5, has taps, uh, and the match is over. And your vic your winners are Chris Benoit and Brock Lesnar. And I was pissed off because of the push that Shelton and Charlie have been having so far. Yeah. Yeah, they've jobbed. They didn't, they didn't, they're not just jobs. They, they did it on SmackDown. Oh, the champion tap. But the end again into the ankle lock. We're going to pitch that ankle so quick. People don't like it here. Benoit reverses again into the crossface. 
Then what's going Oh, there's Team Angle. The numbers game again. Again, it was supposed to be a six-man matchup. It is a three-on-two handicap match after Edge was taken to a medical facility. Oh, boy. Benoit, crossface. Shelton Benjamin breaks it up for his team. And here's Lesnar. Oh, like a freight train. Oh, Kurt Angle had that championship in his hand. Shell and Benjamin can out-wrestle anybody on that roster at the minute. He's probably their best wrestler they've currently got. Uh, and that's having amateur background, that's current in-ring style. Like, his dragon whip kick that he does, I fucking love that move. That's awesome. Um, and then, obviously, later down the line, he starts to incorporate the T-bone suplex a lot more into it. And the snap he can get with the T-bone suplex is brilliant. But the job in. The job. What Benoit and Brock, right? Obviously, Brock, we know what's going to happen going forward. But why not Benoit take the fall? Benoit can easily take the fall from Angle. And it's not going to make Benoit look weak because you lost the angle at Rumble. It's going to make it look weak. It just means because they're, they're on par with each other and one of them's got to go over. But no, look, you let Brock Lesnar throw angle, Team Angle around like ragdolls and then makes Charlie Hells tap out. Yeah, I, I just think, in a way, it's a clusterfuck. It's two words, but a clusterfuck. It really is. It just makes no sense. Uh, booking wise but there's always a reason behind why they do certain things though isn't there oh, everything's got a reason obviously but surely Kurt Angle needs momentum going into Mania as your WWE champion he, yeah he should be the one that won and no way out at least Angle wasn't pinned by the F5 no yeah because that, that basically shits all over your main event at Wrestlemania I'm a firm, firm believer that the people that are going to be facing each other at said main event at said pay per view they shouldn't be facing each other full stop before that pay per view I hate it when they do that. So, like, when they go in today's era now, they'll go, right, I don't know, Roman Reigns, tonight you are going to be facing Braun Strowman in a normal match. And then next week you're going to be facing Braun Strowman on our pay-per-view. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you Too, much. Yeah. Too much. It's yeah. because the roster's that depleted. Um, like I'm, I'm already done with the Hardy Boys. I'm sick of watching the Hardy Boys wrestle. Or even, even more, even more so when they say, right, tonight you're facing the champion. If you beat the champion in a non-title match... You can face him next week for the title. title. Yeah. I was about to put the title on now, yeah, and if I beat him, he can have a rematch next week against me. Yeah. Um, so up next, it is for the World Heavyweight title. It is the rematch that nobody asked for, but everyone's got. It Alan is Tishmars Alan Titchmars versus, versus, everyone's, versus favorite everyone's favourite math teacher, Scott Steiner. Well, the time has now arrived. Who will be in the driver's seat? To WrestleMania, will Scott Steiner realize his dream, or will Triple H prove once again why he is that damn good? Let me ask you a question. Who is the World Heavyweight Champion? Triple H must know in his heart that on this night he cannot beat Scott Steiner. I am. Triple H is using that weapon, and now the referee's calling for the fans. Championship be a disqualification. Yeah, but Triple H has paid a price tonight that he'll never forget. And as far as I'm concerned. 
rematch. Obviously, the build-up, uh, they've had a, a little bit more into this, obviously, with the now the inclusion of Triple H's new little group. With Ground Force, with Charlie Dimmick and Tommy, and that extra one that no one knows his name, but always wears a flat cap. I'm not even that bothered about this match. So <laughs> that's the first note I've got. This My match. first note is, fuck this match. <laughs> <laughs> not bothered. Uh, okay, so we get into the match. It's quite a, well, it's, it's a very, very slow start. And I was actually watching to see when, at the exact point, Scott Steiner gets gassed. And I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. Uh, uh, horrible looking elbow drops gets uh, one as Steiner gets off to do his push-ups to booze. When he stands up from his push-ups... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, basically, uh, the fans, uh, they, they hate Steiner. <laughs> they love Triple H, hate him, as much as we hate him as well. Uh, Steiner is gassed at this point, uh, and he's off balance. Oh, when he, falls he over. <laughs> when he when he tries to take uh, Triple H's bandage off his leg, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he takes forever. And then he falls over. <laughs> uh, then the, the the crowd starts. Start Steiner sucks. Steiner sucks. <laughs> uh, and then he gets him into a figure four leg lock, uh, which is not going down too well with the fans. The T-bone suplex before that wasn't bad. Yeah. I will give you that the T-bone suplex because Steiner has always been able to deliver a decent suplex because it doesn't gas him that much. No. Because it relies on the other person. In fairness, the match is slow. And the only thing that is keeping me interested at the moment in the match is uh, Ric Flair on the outside with shenanigans. Mm. It's like, Ric Flair keeps me interested. Did you not make it feel like they were going in slow motion? Yeah. Did you notice, though, that um, there was a certain referee in this match that we've not seen all night? Earl Hebner. Man, that crowd did like, you screwed Brett! You screwed all fucking match! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you screwed Brett Chant. Obviously to Earl Hebner, and then we get a boring chant. That yes, out, we did. Is, that's pretty embarrassing saying that's a World Heavyweight Championship match. Well, I'm boring. hoping, my notes state that I hope to God Vince is listening. Yeah. 
Uh, and I hope to God that, well, obviously we know, it's a weird one because we know going forward what happens to Steiner and this is the, the end of Steiner's main event push and thank Christ. Yeah, and it's evident uh, with the fans booing Steiner. Yeah. Well. Not just because they're in Canada, I think. Can, if anything, Canadian are true fans. Canada just, uh, Steiner just sucks. Yeah. Bottom line, that's be all end up. Sure, they booed Triple H as well because he was part of the ex joined the screw job. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a nice net breaker from Steiner, so I'll give him quite. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. Net breaker. Uh, but this is something I took a note of: the fucking steel steps. The steel steps. How many times did they need to use yes. the steel steps? Yes. Yeah. I counted four times. I used the steel stairs. Like that just shows that there's no innovation. It's quite a boring match. Mm. They don't. They can't think of anything else but to chuck each other in steel steps all the time. Um. Then we got a beautiful Samoan drop from the top rope from Steiner to Triple H. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a Samoan drop, wasn't it? Uh, yes. He makes it like a fireman's carry into a Samoan drop. Yeah. The way he does it, he, he does do it with really good finesse. Um, then we have the numbers game, ground force, all start coming down to the ring. Of course. Uh, ah, that was where Steiner puts on the recliner, doesn't he, first? Yeah. Uh, which I fucking hate that move, right? I'm sorry. Camel clutch. Move your arms! <laughs> <laughs> Camel clutch. Um... And yet they, the ground force will come down, they all put, try to put a beating on Steiner, but it's not happening, he's fighting them all off. Um, and then one of them, Orton, no, sorry, it's Batista, that gets chucked into the steel steps. Yeah. So that's the fifth time somebody's gone into the steel stairs. Uh, then Orton takes a very bad tumble off the top of the rope. Yes, uh, yes. He gets chucked over. And Thrown over the top onto the outside. Lucky, he's lucky the way he lands, mm. that could have been a lot worse. Um, then Triple H gets the belt, the World Championship belt, and he... Basically smashes it into Steiner's face and goes for the pin. And fuck's sake, Scott Steiner kicks <laughs> yeah, two out. Count. And, uh, my notes say one, two, no. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought that was I, it. I want Steiner to be like so Just young. go, yeah, go. And then finally we get a pedigree from Triple H on Steiner. Yes, yes, yes. That's what my notes say. Yeah. Thank fuck that one's over. I just don't want to see that. Yeah. I'm glad that's over. Well, that was it. Um, Steiner, he sent a... Uh, like we said, he's done now when it comes to main event. That is it. It's over. Uh, the crowd did boot Steiner from the get-go. Uh, and like I said, I hope that sends a message to Vince. Um, the match was slow, plodding along, and worst of all, sloppy. And it's your main event. It's your world heavyweight title match. Uh, Steiner, he botched far too many spots for my liking. Um, for me, it was worse than Rumble. And I thought that was bad. I think You're not glad to, that this is not the main event. Yeah, this would have put left a sour taste in your mouth. Uh, I think I think that's the advantage they've had. The two pay-per-views that he's had, um, well, titles, have not been the main events. Obviously, with the Rumble being the Rumble match and this, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, I think... The thing is... A bit I fortunate there, maybe. Going into the match, I reckon Steiner... Whoa, I just... He, he, I, he lo- I love to boggle my mind thinking what happens backstage, but I, I would assume that somebody said to him, look, this is your last match, Triple H now. We're going to knock you down a couple of pages. Do something about it. Go somewhere else. Now. Yeah. We're going to put you in a few with somebody else. And probably he said, "All right, fair enough." Maybe he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder and decided to make it shitter than it actually was. But it was bad. It wasn't a good match. It was a very bad match. Yeah. It wasn't entertaining. It was. I put it on par. Well, it's good to know that I didn't miss anything in this match because I I watched it all through. I fell asleep every time this match was on. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. I would pro- I'd, I'd, it was probably worse than the Undertaker Reigns match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Probably, yeah. probably ten times worse. 
you know, it's... Yeah, Reigns is a lot better than Scott Steiner. Oh, fucking hell yeah. yeah hell yeah. People hate on Reigns, you can actually... That fucking ambulance last night when he got chopped. Oh, that like shot. That, fucking he's hell. so bad. Yeah. That, that, he made that look painful, man. He's not finished with him, is he yet? He's not finished with you. That's going to be a t-shirt, you know. Soon that is going to be, I'm not finished I'm waiting for that t-shirt, It's going to be bro. a t-shirt. Backstage, uh, where Bischoff is heading to the ring as uh, the Raw roster, particularly those that weren't on the pay per view, were all sat there. A, why? What are you there for? You're not booked. Go home. Yeah. I like Test. Test mouse between him and Bischoff, just like Test. <laughs> walk into the ring. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I know, I know what people at home don't know. You should have been at Raw. You would have been on this card, fucking Test. <laughs> So we get a video package, it airs for the following match. It is the return of the Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin, against, Hell yeah. against Eric Bischoff. Well, I tell you what, anticipation is over. Stone Cold Steve Austin has been putting Eric Bischoff on a wild goose chase for several weeks now. But tonight, for Eric Bischoff, there is nowhere to run, there is nowhere to hide from Stone Cold. I hired you, Eric Bischoff, to take Raw right by the throat and choke Raw. And you haven't done that, have you? So I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Eric. I'll give you 30 days. 30 days, Eric, to turn Raw around. And if you don't turn it around, you're fired. The clock is running on Eric Bischoff. You're aware of the most precious commodity that there is, aren't you? I just need a little bit more time. The clock is ticking. It's time. Damn it! You know there's not another man that can replace him. Clock's running. Dead right. There is only one man that can grab Rob by the throat and shake it to its very foundation. Stone Cold Steve Austin! The signing that Bischoff needs, the 
save his career. Don't you remember when you were running WCW? You fired Stone Cold. He told me, you know, Steve, if you go out there in your black trunks and your black boots, there's not a whole lot we can do to market that. Eric, did you ever stop to think maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin hates your damn guts? Eric, do you realize the clock is ticking? You gotta sign Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're not gonna sign it. And in a week, commodity that there is, aren't you? It's time. The clock is running on Eric Bischoff. Now then, Eric, have you signed Stone Cold for No Way Out? No. Eric Bischoff, you're fired! Bischoff's gone! We fired one general manager tonight, now it's time to hire another. Right now, I'd like to ask the new general manager to come forward. What? What the hell are you doing here? I just talked to Austin. He's giving me a guarantee. Austin will be at No Way Out. Guarantee. Done deal. And you know what? As of this moment, I give you your new general manager, Eric Bischoff. He's back! As a condition of employment, Eric Bischoff, at No Way Out, you will be competing in a match. So then in one corner, it's going to be Eric Bischoff. In the other corner, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Eric Bischoff and Stone Cold Steve Austin are going to fight at No Way Out. Eric Bischoff, eight-degree black belt, karate world champion. We know that Eric Bischoff always has a plan, always has something up his sleeve. We'll compete in that corner, and in the other corner, Stone Cold Steve Austin's best friend, good old JR. Let's make come on, JR, come on. Oh, there you go, he slapped the tail for a second, Chief Morley from behind. Come on, this is ridiculous. Stone Cold, I'm gonna kick your best friend's ass. A clear, straight message to Stone Cold Steve Austin from Eric Bischoff, saying I can do whatever I want to do. And that's the bottom line, because Eric Bischoff says so. Eric Bischoff, do you realize what you got yourself into? Stone Cold Steve Austin will be back. Now, back in June of 2002, uh, Stone Cold left the WWE after a dispute with management and the creative team. Now, Raw's GM, Eric Bischoff, he was confronted by WWE owner, um, Vince McMahon, and was given 30 days to turn the lackluster Raw show around. It's really not worked. Raw's still been lackluster. Uh, Austin, bringing Austin back's not improved anything. We've had a JR versus Bischoff match. That's, That's not, pretty bad sales your main event as well. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, Bischoff figured out that bringing Austin back into WWE would definitely allow him to keep his job. Must have been in his contract. Must have been in fine print. Despite Vince's hatred for Austin, that makes it even better. Uh, Bischoff then went on to try and find him in Texas um, uh, on the Eric Bischoff pub crawl where he was going in various bars and various pubs trying to find Austin. He first went to his house, I believe, or it was some house and Austin wasn't there. He's at this bar, he gets into a fight in a bar with somebody where he glasses somebody. In the end, Bischoff's 30 days uh, was over, which was three weeks. It was three weeks to the day of him saying you've got 30 days. So in WWE land, time goes a bit quicker, doesn't it? Uh, Vince McMahon fired Eric Bischoff. Uh, I would say the whole build. It's brilliant. To this match was, was brilliant. 
I can't. You cannot fault it. Yeah, they will Even though I knew and you all knew what was going to happen, the inevitable was going to happen. Even like this, it's like, um, and it is. It's 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 an actual proven fact as well. When you watch something over and over again, and you know the ending, it makes you feel like more secure, like less anxious. Yeah. yeah. Watching the build to this match at No Way Out, I was like. My God, I really want to see Eric Bischoff get his ass kicked. Get his ass kicked. I really yeah. want to see him get his ass kicked. And he, he worked. It was just the build to it. Just I think especially brilliant. when, when you, you threw JR in there as well. Um, so obviously they had, JR brings a passion, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, they, they had the match. And obviously you know that JR and Austin in, in real life are best mates. So that adds as well where he's, you've not just, you're not just being a knobhead, Eric Bischoff. You're also, you've just beat up Austin's mate. You're fucked. I'm sorry, you're fucked. He's going to kick fuck out you. Um, and yeah, so Vince McMahon. He, 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 before he was able to name the new uh, GM of Raw, uh, Jim Ross uh, came to the ring with Eric Bischoff with the news that Stone Cold Steve Austin would agree to be at No Way Out. Vince then gave Bischoff his job back because of it, but with one condition. Uh, Bischoff would have to get down on his knees and kiss Vince's ass. Bischoff simply couldn't do it, so Vince made a match between Bischoff and Austin at No Way Out. Imagine if he did, though. That, is, that would have been the... The, the picture of the end of the attitude of the Monday Night Wars. I mean, look what's happened. The, the guy that tried putting the guy out of business is now trying to ruin him. Yeah. <laughs> this obviously match, um, it made things worse with Bischoff as he's quite the storied past with Austin. Um, obviously, when Austin was in WCW, Eric Bischoff fired him after he suffered an injury. Uh, he went on to say that Austin would never make it in the business and wasn't marketable, which obviously fueled Austin to become the star that he is today. If anything, probably he's not, most he's, marketable. Yeah, but if anything, he's probably got to thank Bischoff for that. Well, it, it, it that lit the fire, didn't it? Yeah. It lit the fire. Um, like, I don't know if you remember the old ECW uh, promos. Yeah. Where I mean. Paul Heyman basically said to Austin, um, I understand that ECW WCW's fired, yeah? He was like, yeah. He goes, come on my show. I'll pay you. You don't have to wrestle. Here's a live mic. Say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, no, he did. But then that's you saw more of this Texas rattlesnake character coming out of him. And obviously that what went on to... Granted, we had that, that horrible, weird period of time when he was the ringmaster. Uh, but then once that got over, Stone Cold Steve Austin is... And then he won King of the 96 and delivered one of the that, most that, historic that, promos of all time. Yeah. That's, it's human nature, though, yeah? yeah. Uh, go back to when me, you, we were in school, yeah? yeah. You probably had a teacher that you didn't like. Mm. Surely there was a teacher of second Seven. school you didn't like, yeah? There was one teacher in particular that I didn't like. Um, and he basically said to all the guys in the class, right... None of you are going to amount to anything. You're all going to end up working McDonald's. That's basically what Bell I'm saying. Yeah, well, that yeah, makes you that... think, no, I'm fucking not. No. And I'm going to come back in five years' time and show you where I'm working, yeah, exactly. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what fueled me. Like, no, definitely. I'm, I'm like now a manager of a restaurant. Well, you know, I'd love to go back to him now and say, oh, you know, fuck you. But the thing is, what my point is, he's lit a fire on my arse, whereas Bischoff has lit a fire on Austin's arse. Yes, totally agree. That's why Austin's over, so over. He's got to thank Bischoff for it. Totally agree. Uh, and then, as I said, we got the match uh, with Bischoff. Um, it was the final Raw before the pay-per-view. Um, he faced Jim Ross one-on-one, -on -one, forcing the announcer to compete in order for Bischoff to prepare for No Way Out. Uh, with Bischoff utilising his martial arts background, and he's actually a legitimate black belt in martial arts, um, he defeated Jim Ross, um, even going as far as, as we discussed earlier, breaking a cinder block over the head, um, busting Ross open. Steve Austin will not be happy when he faces Bischoff and guaranteed that he'll unleash all his pent-up frustration that he's carried since he was fired from WCW and, as we said, you've you've injured my best friend. Good luck, Eric. Austin's going to open it. Good, go luck, good luck, Eric. Good luck. I love that, the fact that Vincent Man just said, look, you're going to have nobody with you either. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, this just couldn't get any better. And I intentionally, for the start of this match, I turned my volume up right up. I've got my earphones on, listening to watching the match. I turned my volume right up just to listen to that fucking pop. Yeah, when the glass breaks. Why? You yeah. don't hear that anymore. No. You don't hear pop's heart. Well, but, be- before but the pop, before the pop, a certain JR comes out to join the announced yes. team. Yes. Yeah. Not that fucking injured, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Bischoff, he comes down solo. Uh, as the stipulation from earlier won't allow any interference at all. I bet everybody in that arena could smell shit. Oh, oh yes. yes. Uh, Eric uh, takes the mic uh, and he asks for the fan support against Austin. Uh, like, that's going to work. Bischoff wants to forfeit the match. I don't want to do it no more. Well, then, as you said, the glass smashed and the crowd went fucking ape shit. I'll have time to do the right thing and I will forfeit this match to you right now. walks down the aisle wearing his usual jacket and jorts yeah so I've seen him got his jorts on where's your black pants gone I don't he's, he's a need him it's fucking Bishop. See, this he's not wrestling he's see, just no, my, Steve Austin's never wrestled in his life he's punching and kicks and stuns people um, <laughs> no he does have you ever seen Steve Austin do like a fucking tilt a world power slam or anything like that he, yeah. punches, kick, he punches kicks and stuns people and does the occasional Lufes press and suplexes oh, what do you fucking do firebuster you, 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 you started to make, make me more get agitated about the rock because that's like the rock's fucking repertoire as well now um, but I was I was kind of in two minds because A, Master, what? A I was in, fucking he was diabolical yeah, he can wrestle Austin can wrestle I'd, no, I disagree. Oh, guys, I if disagree. you're listening, please, please comment on Facebook and disagree with Dave. No. The final moment on the jaws, is it because it's what they class as like an unsanctioned street fight? Because yeah, when it's usually a street fight, they come out in the, in the normal clothes, don't they? Austin didn't consider it as a wrestling match. He just thought, I'm coming down here and kick the shit out of Bishop. So it was a payday, didn't it, really? Yeah. Um, well, he's going to drink beer before he leaves. I'm going to come in, I'm going to kick the shit out of JR had a verbal erection. Uh, now Austin was making his way down to the ring. Oh, son of a bitch and bastard, I heard from JR's mate. Yeah, uh, JR's... I do like passionate JR. Uh, especially when Austin's involved, he gets so passionate. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he, you, he's got a little chubby in his pants every time he sees Austin, I'm telling you. So cold, so cold, so cold. Eric takes the mic uh, and Austin poses for the crowd. But Austin attacks him mid-sentence and starts beating the hell out of him. Um, he listens to his watch before he starts. I just love Austin when he listens to his watch before he starts choking Bischoff with his vest. Uh, Muddle Stomp in the corner gets a loud watch chance with every kick. Uh, Austin is absolutely loving it. You can see that look on his face because they've basically said to you, "Yeah, you can do what you want to an extent. I, I totally understand that you are still very pissed off with Bischoff for what he did to you way back when." Here's your revenge. 
There you go. Here's a knife and fork. Get stuck in. Surely this is Vince saying, thank you for helping. Yeah, but Vince don't like Bischoff either, does he? Do what you want to. They must have like bygones, big bygones before then, surely. It's 
rather interesting information. Government Mule is a band, like a musical band, that filed a lawsuit of copyright infringement against WWE. Mm. So I would like to... What for? Did uh, did he say what for? Using their name. Oh, was it? Oh, for for using that whipping as a government mule? Yeah. That's a bit fucking WWF, isn't it? World Wildlife Fund. We've got no to do here. What we do? We're completely two different entities. But if you, you're trying to use that letter, <gasps> coming well, at you. The band would have just been like, "WWE's got loads of money. Let's try and get some money off it." Oh, of course, yeah. It's that's it. It's uh, they're using our, if, especially if they've got a government mule trademark to be used in them two words next to each other. Um, then fair play. I want to hear a song from government mule. Government mule. Yes. On the banks of the deep end, where your soul is your best friend. So, it is time for our main event. It is the returning Hollywood Hulk Hogan against the returning Hollywood Dwayne Johnson. something one year ago you were nothing you were worthless and it was only until the rock challenged you to go to wrestlemania that you became popular again you called the rock a rock a jabroni are you gonna apologize to the rock yes or no hell no look at me look at me i'm hogan maybe don't remember last 
matchup of all time. It's gonna happen again, the biggest rematch of all time this Sunday. Maybe you don't remember, because The Rock just whooped that ass so bad you don't remember. The Rock remembers. Maybe The Rock will talk in your language. How about this? Well, let me tell you something, brother. Whoa, Hogan. Why? I didn't I didn't mean anything I was saying. I, I'm just I'm just entertaining, you know that. Let's electrify this Sunday like I know you and The Rock can. Anytime, any place, one more time, brother. Cocky Rocky, absolutely love it. Uh, obviously, Rock. Awesome theme. Oh, Rock. yes, yes. The network's new theme for Hogan. Oh, no. You take Jimi Hendrix, you throw it in a blender. And then you play you give it to left. a 12 year old who's just learning guitar. <laughs> it bad. And that's what it sounds like. It was bad. It was absolutely bad. It's terrible. Uh, I think that they. It's just basically Vince McMahon. They've been. Being a, being a, like you said there, I think it's Vince being a tight ass. It's Vince being a tight ass. Um, he could have easily gone to Hendrix and said, Hendrix, how much money do you want? He's a, well, this he period of time. Really. He could have let Hendrix. Yeah, he could have gone to his estate. Or, do you know what I mean? Yeah, or but Hendrix, every time somebody plays, I don't know, yearly, the amount of plays at that, that, I don't know how it works, but royalty. Yeah. I don't know royalty yeah. work. Well, like, he'll say, right, every year I'll pay you X amount of money. And we'll use Voodoo Child. Yeah. So we can have Voodoo Child on the network. It's just. I don't know if it's him being tight arse, or maybe it's just like... It's a tight could have easily it changed be... it to Real American. No, it might be because there's loads of different avenues and channels to go. Yeah, but he came, out, he, he came out as Red and Yellow Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Right, so why not... I'm with Mike. Why not have Real American? Why not have him back as a Real American Hulk Hogan? I'll tell you why you can't have that. Because it's Pat Patterson and, and Gerald Briscoe's uh, theme tunes, and then it's Linda McMahon's theme tune. So it's been taken, right? It's been handed somebody... You'll leave us, Hogan. That's it. Got, it's gone, that. Tough. we start with the... Uh... Heel tactics from The Rock, as you would expect with a new heel persona. Lots and lots of punching. I mean, lots. Yeah, that's... That, that, yeah, that's that's the issue with Hogan, isn't it? Again, going back to... Very similar to what we said about Austin. Hogan's... Well, what I said about Austin. Hogan's style of wrestling isn't really wrestling, is it? It's not. No. Hogan's not wrestling. If you watch... You look at... It might pop you in a Kakina clutch. It might pop you in a Kakina oh, well, clutch. If you go to New Japan, though, when he went to New Japan... He did, oh, that armbar. <laughs> he, he did a bit of wrestling. He, he did have a go, but The Rock and Hogan... The thing is, the way I look at it is, WrestleMania 18, how can you top that? You can't. Yeah. yeah. I noticed uh, a, a sign of a sign in the crowd as well. It said Bret Hart owns Hogan. That made me laugh as well. <laughs> I love that bit. We did I get an early rock bottom from Rocky? Yeah, that was quite early into the match though, the rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And then obvious. Hogan starts bumping. Hogan starts bumping off Rock's punches. And he's actually it's like Hogan look at Hogan there in his money. <laughs> rock takes Hogan's bandana and puts it on himself, then takes his belt, starts ripping a bit. <laughs> Like a government mule. <laughs> oh, careful. Oh, careful. Trademark. 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 Hulk, as you can guess, completely no cells. Starts hulking up. Whips Rock. Crowd is going, Woo, Hogan. Rock counters with a DDT. Hey, I'll like tell you what, I like that DDT. It was quite a sexy DDT from the Rock. Rock's always been able to deliver a good... Play. I've always liked Rock's float over DDT. He's always yeah. been able to, to, uh, to hit a good DDT. Um, and the nip up as well, and then he starts to smell the crowd's booze. <laughs> I love that the heel rock. 
he's loving it, isn't he? Absolutely. I think, I think Rock enjoys being a heel mind as being a face because he can be a twat. Yeah. He can be a knobhead uh, and get away with it. Like when he made his return and it was like, uh, it was Indianapolis and he went, finally, The Rock has come back to, I don't give a crap. <laughs> and I was like, yes, go on, son. Then because we're Montreal and Rock's heel, he oh the shit shooter, the shit shooter, locks in the shit shooter, and I wouldn't have been surprised if the bell rang and that was game over, just because we're in Montreal. Yes, yeah, you know I mean? that would have been the finish, and that would have been the finish. But obviously Hogan made it to the ropes and uh, and Rock pulled him back in. But then obviously Hogan, being the man of a thousand steroids, uh, he flexed, all he did was simply flex his legs a little bit, and Rock took a great bump, hell of a bump off his legs. Hogan starts trying to sell the legs hobbling around. Rock comes outside, hits him with a clothesline, starts talking, picks up a steel chair. Uh, swings it, he's picked up a steel chair and stung, swung it. Now, I'd like to know this. I don't think I'd like to do it to experience it firsthand, but I'm always under the impression that metal on metal causes vibrations. Yeah. yeah. It's going to fucking sting that, isn't it? Because he swung that chair with that ring post. That is going to sting. Yeah. Steroids. <laughs> then Hogan hits a chair shot and then the ref tries to take it away and then old Rocky gets his little low blow in because Rocky's a fucking heel spine buster people's elbow goes for a second one immediately and does a fucking the Hogan pose before nailing the fucking people's elbow I love that I do love <laughs> absolutely that. but Hogan kick, kick out, out of course of two Pulls people's up. elbows Boot, big boot to work. Legs up. One, two, lights out. I, I generally thought it was going to be the Undertaker. But then when they come back on, no one's in the ring besides the ref. The ref is knocked down. Vince McMahon comes out. You the screwed crowd. Brett! You screwed Brett! Straight away as soon as he comes out. The unconscious ref then wakes up all of a sudden. Yeah. Quite quickly, may I say. Yeah, he's got a... Yeah. And no, I've, I, this ref is new, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's called Sylvain Gravier. Oh, French dude then. He's a bit buff, though, isn't he, for Montreal. a referee? From Montreal, yeah. yeah. A bit buff for a referee. He looks uh, like he belongs in Cruiserweight. Future mid-carder, I feel. Chair shot, rock bottom. One, two, three. Steel chair to the head of Hogan. What the hell? 
Michael Cole has said cries. The loudest cry that he's done all night. Screw job! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. I it's, loved it. I, 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 I loved the whole uh, Vince holding, raising rocks and refs. Yeah, you've got Vince and him raising them both. It's like, oh, okay. So is this Vince's new crew? I couldn't remember. I, I honestly couldn't remember this. So it was generally a shock to me. Earlier when I watched it back, I was like, Fuck, I couldn't remember it. And then it like clicked. I was like, oh, this is what the beauty, beautiful thing is about covering the ruthless aggression because there's things that, things you, that you don't, don't remember. remember. The best bit, though, the best bit of the pay per view. So Hogan's down on the mat. Vince, as he fucking does, walks into the ring, takes the shirt off. So he says, Hulkamania, what are you going to do? Nothing. Fucking, <laughs> I want that shirt. I want that shirt. Um, he begins mocking Hogan to a live crowd, rips the shirt off like Hogan does. Um, to be fair, this man's looking pretty good. He's always... Roy's work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Roy's work. <laughs> he looks good. Like I remember Vince when he was training for his Austin match at uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 99. And he obviously had his Royal Rumble spot. And he looked good. He was proper ripped. And he's, he's still... He's kind of su uh, sustained it all the way through. Like Even now, he was on Muscle and Fitness magazine. He was on the cover of last year. I believe on he's maybe the and he's in seventy. He's in better shape than any of us sat in this room right now. Yeah, he could kick fuck out of us all. Yeah, well, we've had this discussion many times. Money talks, steroids talk, money talks, steroids talk. Yeah, well, he has money, money for lots of steroids. steroids. <laughs> <laughs> lots of money, lots of steroids. <laughs> it's cocaine. So, it's opinion cocaine. on the main event? I'd rather. I thought it was brilliant. I, I, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, it was a great ending because it was one of the best Hogan matches I've seen. Was it better than Hogan Rock 1? No. no. I agree. Not by a long shot. I agree. No, but that was more the anticipation. It's because you'd not the... seen it before the first yeah. one. Start watching Home Alone. Home Alone 1 was brilliant. What Home Alone 2 is yeah. alright, yeah. but it's, not, it's not, not Home Alone 1, is it? Yeah. So overall then, pay-per-view, thoughts? I would give it, and if I was to rate it as a wrestler, I'd go Ric Flair. Nice. Big Flair. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Just because it was, um, I would say it was a, a, a premium product. It had a blade job. <laughs> it was, uh, it was another a blade job. Another blade job. <laughs> it had a blade job. Ring Flair school of, uh, school of Blade and the Academy graduates. Was, oh, they did well tonight. Bladed muscles. Um, it was a premium pay-per-view. I thought it was like, uh, it had everything. Yeah. It really did have everything. And it was, Something that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I would, if you asked me to go back and watch No Way Out again in ten years' time, I would go back and watch it again because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, for me, the the only negative side of this was um, 
a lack of a lack of well the, the fact that the WWE title is not online and a lack of uh, backstage segments to an extent like obviously over the last few weeks of especially Smackdown we've had a lot of hype for Nathan Jones and we've had a lot of hype for Sean O'Hare and the Guerrero vignettes and the Guerrero vignettes uh, which are fucking outstanding, by the way. Uh, have we been in this neighbourhood before? Yeah, I think we, we stole the car from here once. <laughs> fucking outstanding. Uh, none of them. Uh, at least maybe one Sean O'Evan yet, I would have liked, because if you think the pay-per-view, you're reaching out to a lot wider audience than you are with your SmackDown taping. Yeah. You know I mean, there'd be people that... I fully imagine people that don't watch weekly television tapings, but they watch pay-per-views. And probably vice versa, in some extents. I can imagine modern day, a lot of people watch Raw and Smackdown, but fuck, I'm not watching Great Balls of Fucking Fire. Do you know what I mean? You're not. No, no, no. I, say, I, I'll fucking, I, I watch it all, mate. I watch it all. <laughs> Vince has got my 9.99 until the day I die. Right, that's no problem. He's got um, my 9.99 and he's got £40 a month from me, bro. Yeah. Uh, and if I was going to say this was uh, the Piffy was a wrestler, uh, Cat Angle. It was the shit. Yeah. It was the shit. It had everything. Yeah, I'd agree on that one. Same reasons, both here. Best match of the night, worst match of the night. Best match of the night for me, I, I Austin match. Yep, same. I, lo- I love the Austin <coughs> match just because it, it had, it wasn't obviously not about the wrestling, but it was more about storytelling. Yes. And that's what I love. It loved. was more entertaining. That's what I love the most about WWE, the storytelling. When they get it right, they get it fucking right. When but they when get they get it wrong. Katie, Vic. Yeah. Um, Al, <coughs> Wilson. Worst match of the night, I would have to say. Stand Triple H, yeah. I'd have to agree with Stand Triple H. Uh, yeah, only, only by a smidgen over the big show. Um, yeah, the, I'd say the only the difference there is. Uh, you got the spots. Drive. Yeah, you got the spots <laughs> and stuff. And you had a good finish. Yeah, so. there, there, wasn't, uh, there wasn't half as many botches as there were in Steiner and Triple H. Yeah. It was supportive. But that is No Way Out 2003 in the bag. Um, obviously, up next will be another look at Raw and Smackdowns, and then there'll be time for WrestleMania, which I, for one, cannot wait for. One of my favourite videos. Cannot of all wait time. for. Looking forward to it. Definitely, definitely. But I think it's about the perfect time to end it there. Uh, Christian, if you want to let them know where they can find us on Facebook, you can find us at RA Era Podcast on Facebook. And where can they find us on Twitter, Michael? At R A Era Podcast. Because we like to keep things easy. And on Instagram, it's R A Era Podcast. YouTube, R A Era Podcast. And also, www.rearapodcast.com. Until next time, I've been Dave. I've been CJ. I've been the King. Peace, Peace out, people. Mr. McMahon just. High face them. Going no re- the hell? Oh, no. That's a Hulk Hogan shirt with the word nothing and it sucks written on the back. And now McMahon mocking Paul Cogan. Brother sucks. That's what it says on the back. Mr. McMahon putting the wool over everybody's eyes. Oh, you mean only fans across the world. Right over here. Especially Paul Cogan. You see the front, it says what you're going to do, and it says nothing. And it says brother sucks on the back. And now the ultimate humiliation. The signature Hulk Hogan move, and Mr. McMahon has just rubbed it in the face of this legend. Well, Mr. McMahon said he was going to destroy Hulk Hogan, and I think Mr. McMahon has made good of his promise. First, Mr. McMahon had the lights shut out. Then, Mr. McMahon had the referee in his hip pocket. Then he 
shook hands with The Rock, and now this, the humiliation. Mr. McMahon has screwed Hulk Hogan. Mr. McMahon has had the last laugh tonight. Remember, Mr. McMahon said it. He's going to kill Hulkamania. stronger force in the universe than Hulkamania, except for one thing, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Good night from Montreal.